Welcome to Board Game Box Office, a Table Knots podcast about board games, movies, and all the space in between. My name is Max, and I'm joined here today by Kyle and Kenny. And today we're going to be talking about our favorite horror board games and movies, sharing our board game box office horror list of the month, and doing a Q&A on all things horror. That's right, this is the first episode of our horror month, and we hope you strap in and come along for the ride with us. But before we get into that, Kyle, what have you been playing lately? Hey, Max. Yeah, buddy. The audience is very lucky. They almost Why did not. That? They almost did not get Kenny. It was just going to be a me and you episode. I know. I know. And we're probably the Here two least popular BGBOers. So <laughs> accurate. <laughs> they get they get a fan favorite on the episode still. <laughs> accurate. I don't know. Kenny, so. it's for sure. Uh, Kenny, you're number one in everybody's heart. Kenny's got his like Hollywood hairdo going right now, and he's fluffing it up, and Dude, he's chewing on his. He always rub. looks on. Yeah, this me and a- Kyle hop on the camera. Kyle looks like he's like just got out of a three hundred year sleep. I look like <laughs> I just. Got- <laughs> I-, I look like I just got finished playing like sixty minutes of basketball, and Kenny looks like he just got like his makeup done and his hair done, and he's ready to go. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, I mean, that's what I did before this. So thank you. That saying. makes sense. Yeah. Is that why you uh, di- uh, thought you weren't going to make the episode? Because like you didn't know if you'd have time to do your makeup and everything. Yeah, it's, it's time crunch. Is uh, things got real <laughs> dicey, but I was able to make it happen. Tell me, make a person snap snap. Let's get to it. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, Kyle. Okay. Tell us about the spooky game you've been playing. Uh, the game I've been playing is not spooky, at least to me. It may be to some. <laughs> Uh, it's Concordia, which is very Ooh. beige and very, very dry Euro-y. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spooky. All right, Every so single game we have, to, movie we have to introduce with the Ooh. Concordia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Concordia is uh, what I would call a modern classic to this point, uh, designed by Mac Gertz, I think. Um, and if not, then people can look it up. Uh, but it is a <laughs> hand management uh, game where everybody has the same uh, hand of cards and you just uh, play a card to take the action. And the action is either going to be to to move or to gather resources or to gather money. Um, not super exciting actions when you say it uh, over an audio form. Um, <laughs> but one of the cool things about Concordia is that it has that thing where like you're going to play your cards down and then they're discarded until you play a card that lets you pick them all back up which I really like. And another thing I really like about Concordia is it's like a pseudo area control game because you're like on this big map of Europe or yeah, I think it's Europe because there's Italy on there, Uh, Europe. And you're just trying to take over all these different cities and you can be in a city with other people. So like you're never blocking anybody out, but if you're the first one there, it's cheaper than if you're the second one there. And if you're the second one there, it's cheaper than if you're the third one there. So there's a little bit of a race to get to these cities. Um, and all of the scoring is done at the end of the game. And you're also scored based on the cards in your hand, because throughout the game, you're going to be buying more cards and the cards are dual purpose. So like I said, I mentioned they have actions on them, but each card also has a, a scoring category on the bottom of it. So when you're buying cards, you're thinking about the actions, but you also need to think about what you're doing well in. Like if you're spreading yourself out really far and wide, you want to get the thing that uh, rewards you for spreading out. If you have a lot in our two houses in a lot of areas, you want to get the thing that rewards that. If you have a lot of different colonists, you want to get the ones that rewards that. So 
there's a lot of interesting decisions and I can honestly teach this game in like five minutes, which are really my favorite like euros. Um, I, I put it up there with like Hansa, uh, where it's like a five minute teach, but it's like got infinitely replayability because how strategic and uh, tactical it is. Yeah, this is a game that I uh, kind of like instantly fell in love with after a first play, bought my own copy of it and never played it. Uh, we're talking, I played a half of a play because I, I sat down and I taught it to some friends, admittedly not board gamer friends. And about halfway through, they were like, this was cool, but can we pack it up and do something else? <laughs> and I was like, oh, all that, right. Uh, that yeah, means sure it we was can. not cool. That was <laughs> right, cool. right, right, right. It's like in life to the heart. Like, oh, okay. I know. Yeah. It was. It was thematically appropriate with today's horror episode. Mm-hmm. I felt like I got stabbed by Ghostface. This was just like a, it's just a game that I always wanted to play, but never did. I really liked my first play of it. I liked my half play of it. And then it ultimately never came out. And yeah. I think that, you know, part part of it is because of the dry theme and that it not it's not ugly art, but it's by no means like a gorgeous game. Uh, and it's just one of those things that just got swept under the rug, basically. Um, I think it's a great, fantastic game that scoring conditions on the cards l- made my brain hurt so bad the first time I played it in a good way. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, but yeah, Concordia is fantastic. I just wish I actually played it. Um, yeah, I've played it a few times too. Um, but I, I'll say like it's it's one that like I I've never like fall, fell in love with um, compared to like some Euro heroes. Um, it's very dry. It's very mechanical, and that's fine, all and well. But it's just never I never found this that spark of uh, I don't know that spark of joy that I can get in some other Euros. Yeah, um, and it could just be me. I, I think it's just like it might just need more plays or just really better understanding of the strategies in the game to really unlock the potential in it but um yeah it's one i I definitely play anytime though that does kind of surprise me to hear kenny um that it didn't quite hit for you i'd be interested to play i want to play i would like to play it with you to see if it changes your mind not saying it would but it does also have uh, a great classic hero thing of where it's like pretty heavy interaction right like Mm -hmm. you are really competing for these spots you're really trying to buy these cards out from other people. Like if you see somebody is doing well in a scoring area, even if you don't want the card, you want to buy it first. So it has that interaction that I really like in the Euro. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I can see it surprises me that it didn't hit for you. Cause I know you like those like older Euro games, but I guess I, that kind of makes sense. It's really not the most exciting game, right? Mm. It, even with, even with the interaction, it's not like a raucous affair. <laughs> Did you ever play the team play variant? No, no. And I do have Concordia Venus, which is the team play yeah. variant. And I, I bought that version because I was excited for the team play. But it's one of those things where everybody you want everybody to be at kind of the same level. Um, right. And mm-hmm. I think uh, me and my friends are now. But this the first time we pl- this is the first time we played it in probably two years. So gotcha. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, we, we play it and we like it. But do we play it enough to even like make the team variant? viable yeah um i don't know it's something i would like to that try makes sense yeah it's a it's it's a very unsexy game yeah like, right. it's just not something that you're like really drawn to like it's it's good but it's just not particularly enticing yeah, like, yeah. it's it's like i've played it now like we played it and i was like oh i was really i was super jazzed to play i was like we haven't played this in so long i cannot wait to play again and now that i've played it i'm like oh that can probably sit on the shelf for another 18 months you know like <laughs> it sounds like you should sell it no, 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 I'm not going to sell it because I do want to play it like every every once in a while, but it's not like every 18 months. You want to yeah, keep a game on your shelf to play once every year and a half. Yeah, I think that's fine. 
um That's it's not crazy. like crazy it's not like scythe or dwellings of Elderville, where it's like where i play it and i'm like okay yeah i'm I'm down to play this again in a month or like dune imperium is like another great example of that but it's definitely a game i don't want to get rid of it's very unique uh i don't have a lot of games that are quite like it even though it is a dry euro um this is it has nothing to do with concordia but uh, team play made me think of it you haven't pulled out guards of atlantis yet have you uh no, I have not. I want to take the rule book with me on my trip to to learn. Yeah. yeah, you should you should do that for sure. All right, Kenny, what you been playing lately? What have we been playing lately? Oh, we played a wild, tiled, tiled west. Oh, I thought we were doing a thing there. My bad. It's all right. Well, this is it's a bad. Yeah, name. you're right. Let's be real. This is a bad name. Wild tiled west. Why? Mm, I like it. Do you? Okay, it's, well, it's I me. actually think it's kind of like it's kind of like a perfect name. <laughs> wild tiled west like come no, on wild bad. wild west it's a tile placement what do you want from them do, do you guys listen to board game barrage i always like when kellen um chimes in and says just yeah gives his, marketing, gives his marketing um expertise on the tiles of games i would really like to know what he thinks of wild tiled west so i think it's a bad name well you know let's what? get kellen we on the podcast him. he actually he agreed to that we just gotta <laughs> we just gotta make it happen <laughs> yeah we can just we'll, the whole pod will be what do you feel about this board game name <laughs> yeah yeah I, that was, that's a whole segment that's uh and bringing them to movies too what do you think of this yeah movie yeah game? actually I, I, would, I think that segment would be phenomenal because we could bring a wild town west we could be like expeditions how boring of a name that's is a, that that's a, shit yeah, name. That's that's a, a shit bad name. I agreed agreed yeah. um so yeah, let's just name a go ahead <laughs> no no good you had, you had a good I joke. Say there's so no, there, I, it wasn't really no. I actually, in fact, now I don't even want to say it because I want to keep the oh. facade that I did have a good joke. Now you have to. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say there's so <laughs> many games named something expeditions lately. Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah, such a like, generic name. Uh, it's just terrible. I. That's all. I didn't have a good joke. I wish I would have. <laughs> well, Wild Tile West is the newest game. Well, fairly new game. We released at Gen Con. I'm from mm-hmm. uh, Direwolf, and it is Dire by Wolf? Paul, Paul Denon, who is oh. a, a favorite of ours, uh, from, mm-hmm. maker of Dune Imperium. Um, and so Wild Tile of the West is a t- polyomino tiling game with a pretty heavy drafting element, where basically you're, you're drafting tiles from a board and um, from from a shared board. Every round, you're just basically picking from available uh, selection of five. And you can have the option to flex up and down and get a different uh, tiles based off of where they are located, but you really, you really have a pretty small selection of um, tiles to choose from, and you you're pretty resource limited into uh, being able to flex into different tiles to choose from as well. Um, you're basically just putting them on your map, trying to maximize score in a variety of different ways. It's kind of like a lot of different other games. Uh, it reminds me of stuff like um, Baron Park. Uh, gosh, help, help me sure. out. What, what else do you think, Max? <laughs> No, you got this. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're a supportive podcast here. Um, oh, are we? Oh, now we, we want to yeah, be supportive that's, that's of fair. each other. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, I really liked it. Um, I did too. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of, I think Dylan said he really liked it because it was kind of like this um, polyomino game that kind of was like a bit more, a bit extra in terms of strategy and depth to mm-hmm. it. I definitely, I definitely could see that. Like there's a lot, like Jash ran away with the game and just like totally crushed it. Um, and he did a lot of clever things with the way he, um, when he drafted things, when he played things, and the different scoring combinations he did. While I think Max and I just fell way, way behind and whoa, did not whoa, do whoa! I, I was there. I, I was. Need, 
We're I was Max, right. Th- Wait, we're, didn't we're, I come in second? Max, we're a supportive podcast, and I need you to come down <laughs> to the bottom ranks with me. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible down there. Yeah, we, yeah, we sucked. It was awful. We were like um, 40 points behind Max. Um. <laughs> no, no. Max, I think Doolin. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really good. I mean, I think like the... The, the had a really great furry theme for you, Kyle. Um, uh, I think. Yeah, it was very furry. <laughs> God bless. <it. laughs> Absolutely true. You would love it. No yeah. ear earmuffs, earmuffs, Josh. I'm so fucking sick of polyometer games. Like, <laughs> really? oh my god! Wow. Yes. They are. <laughs> Why is that? It's very hard to differentiate them. Like you're like, oh, it's like Baron Park. Yeah, and it's also like New York Zoo, and it's also like Patchwork. Yeah, I, we get it. They're all the freaking same. It's this. No, I, I think this I one's agree. different. A bit special. I yeah, I I really liked it. Like, because I'm like, not buying it. I'm not supporting well, this. No podcast. one's asking you to buy it, Kyle. Not the game you're We're asking you to just shut your mouth and listen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I refuse. I can't. I don't know how to hear any more about polyometers. Okay. I'm not in trouble at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the the big comparison at the table. Uh, I think Doolin asked it before we, you know, closed up for the night. Like what we felt about that in comparison to Planet Unknown, which oh, yeah. I think are the two more unique uh, polyomino tile placement games to have come out in in recent memory. Uh, and I've only played each of them once, so like I don't have a bunch of experience with it. But initial impressions, I think I prefer Wild Tiled West. Uh, yeah, I, I think I they're both too. really good, but I enjoyed the puzzle of Wild Tiled West a bit more, uh, and I enjoyed like the the drafting in that game was just a little more a little more engaging. I won't say unique because I think the the Lazy Susan in uh in wow Planet Unknown is incredibly unique, but it's not particularly engaging because you pick from one of two available tiles to you. That's it. Um, and unless you're in last place of turn order, you're getting more than two tiles to choose from. So like I I, I thought that that was a little bit more. And of course, with the the gold and moving down the rivers, you actually have a much wider gambit or an array of of things to take from it's just you have to spend resources to get it but yeah i thought having the bandits and and shooting them with your sheriffs and covering up buildings and like the castles of burgundy-esque ordeal where if you close off like this big segment it's worth 16 points if you close off a small segment it's worth six and kyle much like castle of burgundy they also do the earlier you close off stuff in the game you get bonus points like eight if you close it off in the first round, six if you close it off in the second round, four if you close it off in the third round, nothing if you close it off in the fourth round, something like that. So like it took elements from a lot of different games that I enjoy, and I actually liked it quite a bit more than I expected to. Yeah, it really did give me Castle's Burgundy vibes because of that, and also just because of how tight the drafting could be. I, I know, and I know you're a hater of shapes, Kyle, geometric shapes, but... I've been against them since day one. I would definitely give this a shot. He loves ovals, though. Yeah. Believe in Paul Denon. That's what I'm going to say. Now, I'll just say, Paul Denon's my boy. Paul Denon's my boy. Yeah. You, if you design Dune Imperium, you're uh, you're in my good graces, right? I will try your game. Um, <laughs> That's fair. I, I guess, I don't know. I, I just don't know. It's almost They're almost too roll and righty for me, which I also don't love. Uh, I do like drafting quite a bit, though. Drafting's one of my yeah. favorite mechanisms. So. Yeah. A lot of draft. drafting in this one. I wonder like, if you feel that polyominoes are kind of roll and righty or that roll and rights adopted polyominoes, which mm-hmm. makes you think that. 
Right, like what came first, the chicken fair. or the egg? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you think that Polyomino games copy or, or feel like Rollin' Rights, no. or that Rollin' Rights stole Polyominoes from they the did. mainstream board games, and now you just associate them with Rollin' Rights? No, Rides? you're you're absolutely right. It was okay. definitely that that way. Um, <laughs> like I said, they stole them. <laughs> it's, oh, it's not whatever. like <laughs> it's not a yeah. theft that you can steal, but you know yeah. what I mean. Relax. We're we're just chatting. We're just chatting. Hey, <laughs> I'm trying to chat good. Chat well. Mm, thank you. <laughs> Relax, okay. <laughs> uh, so that was Wild Wild, Wild Tiled West, but wow. Max. See, you can't even say the name right. I know. Well, that's because it's a shit name. <laughs> he um, also watched Wild Wild West starring Will Smith. Uh, yeah, this dude. Week. I've, I've actually never seen that. Me neither. So that's a glaring omission in my mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, huge. <laughs> no, it needs to be top priority this week. Kenny, you uh, probably care care more about the game than I played, though, huh? Yes. Uh, I mean, I you were in, there, but you didn't really play it. I, I was, I was, I was your uh, Sherpa along your journey you were, to discover you the game Arkham Horror LCG. Yeah, Kenny's favorite game of all time. Number still, one. number yeah, one. Yeah, bud. Spoilers for the uh, whenever we get around to the top fifty. Yeah, we finally played Arkham Horror LCG, and I came away really enjoying it. I will admit that like I wasn't uber excited about it. Now you, you should have seen when I said when I said we're playing this tonight, you should have seen Max's Kitty, face. I want he, you to know that I was doing that on purpose. That was a bit that I was playing. I don't okay? think that was a bit. This it is, was. I don't think that was a bit. It was. It was he, a bit. He texted did, me. He's like, This is not a bit. I'd rather be watching Mama Mia. <laughs> He said well, that. I would always rather be watching Mamma Mia, <laughs> no matter what the opposition is. You give me Mamma Mia or anything, I'd rather be watching Mamma Mia. Danielle will like climb into bed and try and sweet talk me. I'm like, babe, Mamma oh Mia's on. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, we played Arkhamor LCG. We did just play a one off scenario, which I think is my biggest complaint because. After playing it, I was like, I I wish we were playing a campaign. Yeah. Because it is really fun. It's not like, I'll, I mean, admittedly, like card games are not typically my jam. They just, they aren't. I'm not a huge Marvel Champions guy, though, again, another game I liked more than I expected I would. And I've never really found one that I got into, probably because I think that they're just like such a money pit that I'm too scared to get into them. Uh, but this one was really cool. And it, it it got me more interested as the game went on. I of course love horror things, so like I was really into the theme. Uh, I unfortunately am not able to imagine things well, which kind of sucks. But on the contrary, there's pretty good art that kind of puts you in the the right headspace for it. I I ended the game and I was like, I wish we were playing a campaign, and I wish I was playing the magical character because although I liked the way my character worked, she wasn't necessarily cool. And I just wanted to play someone cool. Yeah, you, you're playing the nerdy librarian um, character who's, yeah. you know, clutching the game. She was fantastic. Of, oh, she yeah. was great. But, like, I had one card in particular called Spectral Blade, I think. No, oh, that's good. And one. the art was, like, turning my hand into, like, a purple blade. And I was like, I just want all my cards to look like that. <laughs> I want them all to be so sick. Like, I don't know. I have something about, like, I don't know. When I played, like, Pathfinder, I was, like, a Magus who could turn his arm into a claw and strike people like that stuff's cool i don't know that stuff's really unique to me and so i i want to play this again i do want to play a campaign um and i want to play with someone maybe a bit different but i mean had a great time all in all like not kenny 
no, no, no. I actually want Kenny to play. Okay. Kenny will take the librarian so I can take the other girl. Um, but yeah, I felt like, you know, as teammates, we cooperated really well. Mm-hmm. We all played to our strengths. Jash played really well as far as like uh, evading the enemies and forcing them to lose a lot of their abilities because of it, because they were exhausted, kind of. Yeah. Uh, literally because like, they were chasing after him, a la Scooby-Doo. Uh, and then, you know, Doolin was fighting off stuff and I was getting my clues. We all played to our strengths and I thought it was very good. Yeah. And it was, I mean, so it's a, so if, for context, this is the very first uh, scenario in the core box. So this is just like the one, the ga- I think it's called The Gathering, the one everyone has played. And what I loved about this play is that it was very thematic. At the very end, Doolin basically had a card that's just dynamite and dynamite he basically threw down and everyone at the location takes damage. And so the last play, he threw down dynamite, killed yeah. the boss, but also killed almost killed everybody else, which I thought was chef's kiss. Perfect. Pure Doolin. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really glad, awesome glad you guys <laughs> I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Um, I do agree, though. Arkham Horror is a game that's best played over a campaign. Because, like, you get to see the, your character evolve, you get to upgrade your deck, stuff like that. I mean, seeing the story, because if you like the story and the setting and stuff, like, playing in, like, one of the bigger campaigns, especially, like, the eight eight uh, scenario campaign, like, that stuff really, really hits. Um, yeah. Some some better more than others, but, like, yeah. If if you like this, I, I have no doubt that you would enjoy playing, like, a, a longer-form campaign. Um, but it's just, it's just one of those things, time and um, the... The, the people to play with can be tough. So, but I, I'll, I'm going to keep Arkham Horror stashed in my bag um, if we want to bring it out during Spooky Month. Though, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I'd like to for sure. Yeah. Here's a question though Do you like Arkham Horror or Marvel Champions better? Arkham Horror. Oh, yeah. Take that, yeah, Kyle. I'm a Marvel hater. Take that, I mean, Kyle. I am. I'm not even going to try and deny it. Like, Marvel's fine, but it doesn't. I like horror. I like horror more than I like Marvel. The game, it's the game in the name. The game mechanisms are so much better. Marvel Champions is. Oh, Kyle, get out of here. <laughs> Have you played yeah. Arkham Horror? Yeah, quite a bit actually. I used to. Oh, really? It. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you do have a, a thoughtful. Yeah, you know, probably more than you since you've played both once. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you didn't have to be so aggressive. I would. I would have agreed with you. I, I would have agreed with you. Listen, the, here's the thing, Kyle. You may be more educated, but you also may be the biggest Marvel stand that I've ever met oh, in my entire oh, yeah. life. Oh, for so, sure. like, for anything sure. you say about that is just kind of like, well, okay. No, but I mean, it's not like my Marvel champions love is unfounded. Like, if people, if you like looked at my Quantum takes, yeah, I'm like. I'm by myself on that one, but Marvel <laughs> Champions is pretty well regarded by a, a lot of people. So, do you did you like Quantum Mania or did you hate it? No, I do. I do. Nobody else does. Uh, I'm the yeah, only one that liked it. It seems awful from everything I've seen about it. Yeah, people people have really hit Marvel fatigue. I think that plays a big part of it, but I enjoyed it. I like Quantum Mania. I mean, how are you going to introduce your big bad and have them lose to Ant Man of all people? Um. Okay. Ant Man so is very I- charming. So. Yeah, that makes sense for the big bad to lose <laughs> to Charming. I don't really get into this too much, um, but I, I do agree. I wish he would have won. Uh, I think that's like probably the biggest flaw of the movie. I wish he would have just dominated. Um, so I, I won't go into much further than that. But yeah, I, I agree with you. He should have. He should have won. I think okay. in general, Marvel should have their villains win more. Agreed. That's why, like, my favorite Marvel movies are like Infinity War and Endgame. Oh, well, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm with you. 
right, Kyle, what you been watching lately? Had to think about what we were doing there. Okay, well, I have not been watching a lot of movies recently because it is football season. Um, and I am a huge football fan. So most Saturdays and most Sundays, I am just watching football all day and all night. Um, so my movie watching has taken a big step back. Uh, I, I have been watching some Instead, movies. Instead, you watched a TV show about football. <laughs> well, no, it's it's not a TV show. It's a documentary. Oh, okay. It's like okay. it's like a hour and 40 minute documentary uh, movie. Okay. Um, but that because I have been watching football, I wanted to talk about this documentary, um, which is actually fascinating. And it's not fascinating for the football reasons. Um, this is a documentary on HBO Max, uh, just now, uh, now Max is called BS High, and it's about a fake high school called Bishop Sycamore, um, oh, that, name. that fooled a ton of people into it being a real school and being a real football team and actually ended up airing on ESPN, a game, a high school football game on ESPN was aired, um, and nobody knew it was fake. So this school has existed for a while now it's existed for about three or four years um and the coach of the of this quote-unquote school is the biggest scumbag besides like murderers and rapists he is probably the worst person you could imagine um so what he did he he started this uh fake high school based out of a church um so he could get tax breaks um for being a religious organization um and then he had he tricked all of these parents and families into getting their kids to come to their school to play football uh thinking that oh this is their shot because it's like he kept saying like oh we're gonna play the best we're gonna play the best high schools you're gonna get a ton of exposures these kids are gonna get scholarships um and the thing is like so because this wasn't a real high school the kids never went to class they did not have classes um they were staying in two rate hotels and like they would not the coach would not pay the bills like he would just stay there for 90 days um, they'd get evicted and he would never pay the bills. Um, the kids Yikes. would go days without eating. They would have to go to Walmart and steal food like rotisserie chickens um, and stuff so they could eat. Uh, and like there would be times where like the coach was like, yeah, I, I didn't know how to feed these kids. So what I would do is I would call uh, Kroger or Walmart and I would be like, I need a order of I need 100 rotisserie chickens. And then he would never pick them up and then go back later in the day knowing they'd be marked down. And he'd buy them for cheaper than what he ordered them for. <laughs> wow. Dang, um, man. What a move. And he actually, he ended up just taking a t- that like in the, my notebook. He would just pocket <laughs> the tuition. Um, the parents paid him. Uh, he ended up with all these different lawsuits and stuff. Uh, and then, like, when you just think he couldn't get any shittier as a person, just from all this football stuff, it comes out that he also was, like, wanted for uh, domestic violence. So, like, he was, like, beating his girlfriend and, like, or wife, like, in front of the other, like, the kids. Um, Jeez Louise. And, like, to to comment on how much damage this guy did. So, like, he, uh, one of the kids, um, when he found out the school was fake, he transferred to a different high school or whatever. And he actually got a scholarship offer from um, uh, an HBCU. And then that, uh, that HBCU, I can't remember what university it was, but they actually took the scholarship away because the kid literally didn't graduate high school and he didn't know that he didn't have his degree. And like, so there's all these things where like some of these kids were like, uh, contemplating suicide, uh, because they thought they were, they thought they were going to get to college by playing football. Right. And they, they weren't an actual yeah, school. Wild. They were an actual football team. And it, 
it was just like I had heard the story before because this actually took place in Ohio, so like it was all over our local news. This was also um, only what four years ago. If it was that? not that long ago, no. Yeah. And it was like it was a huge story. Obviously, like when ESPN found out they got duped and stuff, it was a big story on there. All the sports talk shows were talking about it. So like I knew the story going in, but like if you watch the documentary, like I don't, I didn't do it justice. Like how evil this guy was because he's like laughing during the interviews and like, like you guys think I'm a con artist? And he's like smiling, like try to make me not look like a con artist. All right. Uh, he was just the biggest joke of a person, um, still not in jail, um, still trying to get Bishop Sycamore as like working, like he's still trying to schedule football games. Um, it is really a really crazy story. Uh, if you have any interest at all, I do suggest it. It's only, it's 90 minutes, um, really quick watch. And, uh, one of the more wild true stories that you could see. Yeah. That's just wild. Sounds terrible. How angry did it make you watching it? Me? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I was furious. I was furious. Just like, not even as like a, a football fan, obviously. That is like very secondhand. It's more of like a parent. You yeah. think about somebody doing that to your kid and like not only like screwing your kid over and not feeding them and taking them away, but like you're paying $10,000 a year for this. And one thing I didn't mention. So the, the game that aired on ESPN was against this uh, high school called IMG Academy huge prestigious high school football academy from florida um and these uh img uh like has all the best recruits in the nation like they have a ton of Ohio state players florida players alabama players uh it's massive and so these kids were playing against img like legit athletes and they were getting destroyed in the game like they were down like yeah and that's because they held up they did a running clock in the second half like uh img was like literally concussing kids and like uh, the helmets didn't fit. They didn't have good equipment, so like the helmets didn't fit right. And like every time a kid got tackled, his helmet was popping off. So it's like it made me like physically ill to watch that game happen. Like, how do you do that to eighteen, nineteen year olds? It's just ah, uh, uh, yeah, I was yeah. very mad. <laughs> how does this even happen? Yeah, how do the kids get duped so bad? Like, I know. I mean, how do they not realize they're not going to school or taking classes and well, stuff? Well, like, yeah, it's just I mean, they're they're eight, seventeen, eighteen, right? So like. Yeah, it's not that they didn't uh, know they weren't. They obviously knew they weren't going to classes, but like they probably didn't care. Like it's Mm. these these big football programs like this, like it's football first. It's you think it's bad in college, like some of these high schools, like IMG Academy is even one like now that's a legitimate school and a legitimate. But like football comes first. You are if you have practice, you're going to practice. It doesn't matter if you have homework. Right. So like they they thought it was something like that. They thought they were an Ohio version of IMG Academy. Yeah, that is just baffling. Disgusting. Very. You know, it's also disgusting. Not to this level. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, the movie I watched, Max watched it too. <laughs> I did watch it. Hell House LLC. Um, so Hell House LLC. Also, that's a bad title, right? Can we all agree? <laughs> I don't mind. The LLC is kind of weird, but it, I, I don't mind it. Oh, hold on. Before you explain it, I just need to know one thing going in, because I can't remember yeah. from our chats. Kenny, I know how you feel about it. Max, did you like this movie? Uh, I would say I liked it, but like not, I did not love it by any means. Okay. I gave it a three, three out of five, six okay. out of ten. Okay, I thought for sure you're gonna be like, I thought you're gonna be stumping for this movie. And- no, I'll stump for it a little because I think Kenny's rating is a bit off. I don't agree with, but I definitely did not love this movie. Like, no, by no means. Okay, and for con for context, I gave it a one and a half stars. Um- <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's also what I gave the possession. So there you go. Oh, um, wow. Let's go back to that. I guess we'll. I guess you'll like Hell House, Kyle. No, you probably won't. Um, so Hell House LLC is a found footage horror movie. Um, the basic concept is that this uh, company, little a, fr- a group of friends, are basically putting on a haunted house in October in a, in a sleepy town uh, north of New York, and and you know, as as things go, weird things start happening, and people start getting disappearing, um, getting possessed, um, bad things, just bad things happen, right? You don't really need to go into the plot. Um, there are several things I really, really disliked about this movie. Um, number one, it's, it wasn't really scary. Did you find it scary, Max? I found several several moments scary, actually. I think there's um, maybe one scene that I thought was pretty well tense and scary i guess seeing like where um you see the the girl in the background and he, he's yep. covering up the blanket that's the yeah, that, one that's, that was, that's the one for sure that was the only really one that i thought was good there's there's yeah. little there's little moments throughout the movie that are like kind of like maybe spooky or just like settling for sure but just not nothing nothing really hit um but i think like the biggest issue with the movie because i think like I think the best thing about the movie is it has a it has a good premises, right? Like you're you're setting you're set in a spooky old house, and everything is kind of supposed to be scary anyway. Like er, the set dressing is there for everything to be scary, um, and so like I think the the idea behind it is good, but I I I I think the the movie's biggest failure is the characters are bad, um, especially the character that, that's holding the camera. He he is such Paul. an asshole. Yeah, he was an yeah. asshole. I hate he that is. guy. He um, is. and I I don't know if you're you're probably supposed to meant to hate that guy, but they wrote him in such a way that he was such a bro and such just like a, and, and you're constantly hearing him. You're constantly from his perspective that it just became incredibly grating. Um, the the broiness of the, the movie just kind of extends to everybody, right? And mm-hmm. that's just I just I could not could not. Um, are you meant to yeah, hate these people? I understand. Though? What was that? Are you meant to hate these people? No, I don't think so. I don't think you're meant to hate them, but like, I also will contrast Kenny's point where, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not surprised that you don't like that, but like, I don't think it's a bad decision because, like, I feel like most found footage movies are like, they're, they're found footage. So, like, it's not like these are professionals. Like, it, it makes sense that this company of high school friends that have been together for a long time or college friends, whatever that they talk that way to one another and that there's like a pompous idiot that talks that way. Like I don't necessarily love it, but it didn't detract from like the movie as a whole because I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that he's an an idiot. Like it makes sense that he's talking in bro because he's 28 years old or 25 years old. And that's just what he does. Like it didn't bother me. Well, it bothered me. Clearly. Why did you watch this, Kenny? Because Amber wanted to watch it. So there you go. My girl. Why did you you watch it, Max? Uh, because I actually, I really like found footage. Um, and I am always looking for newer, better, different found footage and hell house has a pretty good reputation. It has a online, it has a pretty good reputation. I do see that there's even a third one out already. And a lot of people think that the third one is the worst, but a lot of people say that the, the trilogy is actually decent. Now I don't really think I'll watch them, but I mean, I didn't hate this nearly the way that Kenny did, but Again, it has a good reputation on the interwebs. I just think like found people are always trying to find the next found footage movie and just grasping at straws. And this is just 
not like it's it's amateurish and like you know it's i i give a lot of leeway for these established the movies to be right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, but like hasn't it been done at this point like how, how like hasn't found footage bit like been done at this point like how i, I understand people want to do unique like how much more can you do with it yeah Why? i agree I, I i i agree like there's wow it's been it's been done so well in so many different places that like it it, it takes it's really hard for a movie to surprise and do something new and i think like I think the biggest thing for me with Hell House, I was just really, I was bored, but just because they, it didn't really, ha- it didn't really hit with uh, the characters, didn't really hit with the scares or anything like that. So, it, at the end of the day, I was just kind of like, I, I feel like, I felt like I wasted like a, an hour and a half, two hours, right? Yeah, I definitely didn't feel that way. Uh, I mean, again, didn't love this movie, but I watched it by myself while everyone else in the house was asleep at one in the morning, and it sufficiently creeped me out. I'm not, I don't think it's the greatest movie in the world by any means, but I mean, I think it did its job as far as getting me in a creeped out feeling, mood, vibe, having one or two good actual scares in there. Uh, and, you know, ultimately I thought it was, thought it was pretty good. thought it was pretty good. I wouldn't really go any pretty, farther than that, but pretty good. Six out of 10. Yeah. Three out of five. Ugh, that's pretty yeah. all right. I think that's pretty all right. I didn't think it was great. I'm not giving it a four. But to me, if it's if something gets a six, it's like, yeah, that was that was pretty okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it at least. I'm not I'm not in love with it, but I enjoyed it. That's Hell House. Yeah. All right, so r- real quick before we move on, Kenny, what are your? I, I think you said Paranormal Activity two is your barometer, basically for um, footage films. Uh, Paranormal Activity two is one that scared me the most. Okay. Um, but I think do you think there are better ones like oh, REC Clover, Cloverfield? Be... Yeah, Cloverfield's very effective. Uh, I think like Cloverfield's a bit like I don't think I I wouldn't yeah Cloverfield's really good. But it's like, not even it, my favorite. Like Cloverfield Lane, I think is the best in that series, and yeah, it's not. I've not seen Cloverfield Lane. I need to. I don't. I see part of me. I don't even know if I've seen Cloverfield. It's on my rewatch list because I think I've seen it, but it's been so many years that I don't remember if that's the one I've seen or if I saw some other off-brand found footage film. But to me, nothing has come close to REC yet. Uh, and Paranormal Activity 1 Yeah, Paranormal Activity experience. 1 is, is very good. Yeah. Uh, I Blair Witch. Really, Blair Witch is great. Blair Witch is great. Um, yeah. It, it's funny. Like, I'm looking through all these, like, found footage movies, and I've watched a lot of them with Amber, and they're all bad. So many I still want to see As Above, So Below. <laughs> a lot of people like that one, too. I know you, don't, I know you didn't particularly care for that no. one, either. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have good things to say about that one, as well. Yeah, and it's 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 like a genre that I think is like when it's really good, it's really good. Like when you oh, when man. you can buy into the believability of it, it's like like top tier horror. But it's just also can be done so bad. So are you not just, a big fan of REC, Kenny? Or do I do like REC. Like, yeah, okay. But it's been a while since I've seen it. So I was trying to think of uh because every found footage movie feels like it, it's either horror or like a monster movie, right? I yeah. completely forgot about Project X. Did anybody watch Project X? I've seen it, but yeah, it's been ages ago. That mm. what a as a movie that did not need to be made, yeah. but it is all vibes for sure. And it's just about a, a high school party. Now you're content. Now you're having me contemplate oh, yeah. my list later whether I need to put REC in it or not. But we'll see. Did you wait? Uh, you can't change. I, I can change it. We haven't announced it publicly yet on yeah, the you did podcast. In the Discord. We did in the Discord, <laughs> but it can change. It's not even October. Um, I watched a movie called Stranger Than Fiction. Has anyone seen that? I have. You have seen yeah. it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Years, 
cool. It's so been a while. This is yeah. one of my one of my coworkers. This is like his favorite movie of all time, or or what he would recommend as like one what of his favorite hell? movies of all time. And so he lo- he lent me the DVD, and I watched it just the other day. DVD, uh, I, not 4K. Yeah, it was Ugh. DVD. It was bad too. I was watching. I was like, oh my gosh, I this needs to be a Blu-ray. It's ugly, <laughs> but it was actually a pretty good movie though. Um, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I think I I think I rated it four stars. Uh, I thought it was actually really quite good. It was it was charming, kind of like a comfort food ordeal. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think Will Ferrell did a really good job. Basically, like, to give you a background into what the movie is, is it's a guy that one day wakes up and hears a narrator narrating his life, and no one else can hear the narrator. Only he can hear the narrator, and it's kind of unraveling that and figuring out the mystery behind why that happens and how that happens and what the end of his story is going to be like. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was really good and. I wonder if I liked it so much because I had such low expectations or if it's because it's actually quite good. Um, I don't I don't know for sure, but I thought it was I thought it was really quite charming. Uh, what is it? Maggie? Is it Maggie Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Who is uh, she's, she's, Maggie she? She was good. Yeah. She was good. Um, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was all around a very solid movie. Not like, wow, that knocked my socks off. Just, hey, that was that was quite good. I, I would Did recommend you get that, that. vibes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure, I, I think Truman Show is better. I think Stranger Than Fiction is like a it's a it's They're a solid movie. Though. It's not one that like I I saw it once. Uh, it came out the year I graduated, so I probably saw it that year when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. And like I've never wanted to return to it. Right? Yeah, it's, I don't it, think it's be. I don't think it would be anything I go to return to all that much, um, if ever. But I'm happy to have seen it. Yep, I Kenny? thought Kenny was going to add something. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, but I thought that I have nothing good. I have nothing good to add. Oh, yeah, okay. Because you're saying like it's one of those movies that I, I I remember seeing. I do not remember one thing about it. I remember that there's a narrator that talks mm-hmm. in a British act in a British accent, mm-hmm. and I remember I think I remember like the final scene, but that's it. Mm. The flower scene is cute. Don't even know what that is. Where Will Ferrell gives Maggie Gyllenhaal flower flowers, but it's like individual flowers, like F L O U R S, because she's a baker, and that's cute. I think this Anyways. was Will Ferrell really trying to step out of the comedic stuff. It was his, like I think it was his first thing that wasn't like a straight comedy. Yeah, because before perhaps. that it was like it was SNL. It was old school. It reminded um, me a lot of uh, Elf as far as like how he acted it, like kind of genuine, for lack of a better term. Like it's mm-hmm. not Elf is a comedy, but it's not like Will Ferrell in particular is being hearty har har funny. It's him being himself, just himself as an elf in the yeah. normal world. <laughs> but anyways, let's move on to talking about some of our favorite horror board games and movies. We'll probably move through these pretty quickly. We've talked about a lot of them on the podcast before, but these are just our recommendations to you. October is starting as this episode is airing, and uh, we hope you have time throughout the month to play some of these games watch some of these movies, and we're just going to tell you uh, what, we, what we think about them, why we like them so much, why we hope you get to play them. Kyle, let's start off with you. What do you got for us? Uh, so my first one is, uh, I think it's a, it's a Table Knot's favorite. Um, I'd say and so. It, that is uh, Cthulhu Death May Die by Eric Lang. Mm-hmm. And uh, is it, uh, who else is it? Simon? Oh. Rob Davio. No, Rob like, Davio? Yeah. yeah, Davio. Uh, thank you. Um, and Cthulhu Death May Die, when it first released, 
Um, I thought it was kind of like ridiculous. Like it was at the time where it was like we were kind of getting Cthulhu fatigue. It was like, oh my god, they're doing another Cthulhu game. Like sure. who cares? Um, like don't we already have Mansions of Madness? Don't we already have stuff like this? But my god, is it so much fun! It's so it fun. is so much dice rolling. Uh, the figures are great. Uh, the powers are awesome. I love the insanity track on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just. I think it is. It's probably my favorite horror horror board game out of all the ones I'll mention and all the ones you guys are mentioning. I think it is my favorite out of the nine that we have here. Um, it's one. It's one I did ultimately end up selling. Uh, just because, like, out of I could not find anybody who liked it as much as me. Oh, no man. one. I tried it with so many different groups and just really? nobody. Everyone was like, "Yeah, that was good." I was like, I, I, they were like, I'd be fine not playing that anymore. And she, my, well, uh, my Monday group is like, really, we don't play a ton of co-ops. So I knew it wouldn't necessarily okay. hit with them. But like my Tuesday group, I thought it was going to be a, a massive hit. And yeah, it just didn't stick with anybody. And I was like, well, it's one of those things like if I'm the only one who's wanting to play it, um, there's really no reason for me to have it. Uh, yeah. But see, and that's like part I, of I why it so it's stuck fun. around so long for me is like, I mean, it's still in my collection and I have the unspeakable box in season two. Is because I've never introduced this to someone and them not love it. Like I've probably yeah, introduced this to, to like a dozen people and they're always like, "Yeah, that was really fun." Now, I, I think the play I had with my Monday group was almost a little unfair because uh, so I did try, I did bring it out for Spooky Month that year. It was October of uh, 2021, um, so we were like out of COVID. Like we were, we finally th- thought it was safe enough to because we were all vaccinated. We finally thought it was safe to like get together and play games. Um, and then I found out the day after that play, I had COVID. Um, and I could tell, I could tell during the game, like I felt like I felt so terrible. So my teach was off. I was just so sloggy and I was like, all right, Uh, my stomach was hurting. I was just trying to hurry up. I was like, all right, you guys got to make a decision. We got to roll the dice. Yeah. And then like, just I crashed. Yeah. I crashed the next day and I was like, oh guys, I have COVID. So get yourself tested. (laughs) And I was like, I wonder how much of an effect that had on it. Yog Sathoth had it out for you. Yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, Death Bay Die is one of my favorite games of all time. I love it. I love it. So many characters, so many unique abilities, so many fun and hectic moments rolling 12 die. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just love that game. Yeah, it was, I love Death Bay Die just because it always has such a satisfying like conclusion. Like mm-hmm. The build up with, your, with the players ramping up in power and yeah. uh, the way the bosses kind of work in terms of them gaining power too just always creates like these great like dice rolling moments um like these yeah. great stand up moments which i really love in games i can't tell you how many times that game has ended with two of the three heroes dead yeah and the one hero getting the final blow the turn before they would for sure die like <laughs> yeah, it always seems to come down to an incredible epic moment and it's just yeah it's such it's such a fun game like we mentioned this in our first inaugural board game box office episode as being a game that is over the top fun. And I maintain that even now. It yep. is just such a fun game. Yep. You guys, this is like just talking about it makes me get the makes edge. I want to see if I get, yeah. I'm going to try, I think I want to try to trade for it. I don't nice. know. I don't want to buy it, but I might try to trade for it. Sure, sure. <laughs> All right, Kenny, talk about yours. All right. Well, we, we talked about it a little bit already, but yep. that's the Arkham Horror LCG. It has to go first because it's my favorite game. But I, I really do think Arkham Horror is such a good um, horror game because it's filled with mystery. It's in the title. Yeah. Uh, it's filled with mystery and just in terms of it has such a great story. 
um, that really grows and evolves. And like, you can see the branching paths of how things go. And, you know, the game itself is just, I think so much fun. The card play is, um, unique and dynamic and like, it's customizable based off the deck you can, you create. Um, and like, I think like the, the lore that they've been able to weave around the Lovecraft mythos is really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been able to do like really weird and different things offbeat from the tr- what you would expect out of like a Lovecraft game, and mm-hmm. really kind of made like made made it their own, which I think is um something really remarkable. Um, but yeah, I love Arkhamore. I think it's a good tie into Death May Die too. Something we didn't necessarily mention is that you know the the Lovecraftian theme is is sort of problematic in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I think that although not perfect, admittedly. Um, Death May Die and Arkham Horror uh, seem to at least push the needle to be more inclusive uh, yeah. and respectful and things like that, which allows you to kind of enjoy this game uh, with the understanding that this is a problematic theme, but that these publishers have pushed it in the opposite direction, trying to make it more inclusive for all. Yeah, I think both of those things are very, very good examples of that. Like, I think mm-hmm. like um, Arkham Horror, like more than half the investigators are female. It has like uh, uh, characters that are LGBTQ. There's just there's just a lot of things are, that they do to um, make make Lovecraft not Lovecraft. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's definitely I think a strength of the game. So hundred percent. And then I'm not going to talk about this much at all because we've we've talked about this game ad nauseum on this podcast. But uh, Terrascape, which is a game that Kyle has not yet had the opportunity to play. Uh, but should be, if they are still on schedule, which as far as I'm aware they are, should be arriving, like a published copy, should be arriving within the next month or two, and that is Terrorscape. Uh, it's a game that we've played a lot uh, on Table Knots, and with the Table Knots crew, we've got a video on it, maybe two, I don't even remember. Uh, just such a fun horror game, like a one-verse-mini, kind of hidden movement-esque game. Uh, I just I love that game so much. It much like uh, Death May Die, it often seems to come down to like last minute things. It all the pacing in this game is just incredible. Like the game ends right when it should, and it's tight and stuff like that. And yeah, big big fan of that game. Yeah, and I, I think like out of the games on out of this looking at it, like it's a game that like feels a nice niche of like being quick and easy to play and like mm-hmm. light. While still offering that um, a nice horror feel. So yeah, we mentioned it in the review, but like. It's a one versus many hidden movement strategical game that almost fills a party niche. Mm-hmm. Like it kind yeah. of feel, fills a, a party game type uh, void. And I thought that was fantastic. So big fan of that. What's number two for you, Kyle? Uh, number two for me is a game based on the movie Alien. And that is Nemesis by mm-hmm. Awaken Realms. This was a tough one for me to put on there. I consider it a horror game. Uh, just be- but sure. that's because I consider Alien a horror movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, like, I don't know if it gives me anxiety as other horror games or horror movies may. Um, but I really just love the, uh, the mechanics of it. I like the ability where it could be one versus many, or you could all work together. Uh, it could be, end up being cooperative. Uh, and whether you are, uh, like on your own and trying to screw everybody else, like you really, you're still, you still don't want to mess with the big bad monsters, right? You still don't want the aliens on you um it's a very fun game it's very thematic uh so because it's very thematic it it can be very random and lucky so if that bothers you nemesis is not for you uh in the play that i've played with the table not screw (laughs) max got screwed Uh, maybe 30 minutes into a 90 minute game (laughs) yep uh still so much fun though 
it's just it's got it's just got something right there are some rough edges on nemesis yes but it still has a lot of charm agreed um, I, I don't want it to be perfect i want it i want those rough edges you want it to be messy i want it, uh, yeah i do uh i think it fits really well with the, the alien theme yeah i love nemesis too despite its rough edges or maybe even thanks to its rough edges um, I don't I agree. I don't think it's a perfect game, but it is a very, very good horror game, in my opinion. Uh, so next to my list is Final Girl, uh, which is the um, solo horror game that is mm-hmm. taking the world by storm. Um, I, I, I love Final Girl. I think like it is out of all these games, it's it nails like its themes, the thematics so, so well. I remember playing like the first one, the the basically the Friday the 13th vibe um, uh, setting. And it's just all the, uh, everything that happened in those games just felt right. Right. Mm-hmm. In terms of like how, how the characters, uh, just like the settings and just like the overall, um, events and just the abstractness of the game, um, is there, but it also just feels so thematic too. Um, because like, you're not really working with like really nice miniatures or everything is kind of like wooden meeples that are just moving around a little map, but even so like it, you still feel like, Oh, well that, that one over there. Uh, got murdered in the in the uh the lake house and that, that makes sense you know you don't mm-hmm. go in the lake house the boy uh, and the girl the were at make out point or whatever yeah. you know it all makes sense yeah exactly and like you even though like everything is so abstracted and just kind of like just killing something at a location you can still see like you can still feel like the horror elements coming through right so i think it's pretty remarkable for a game to be able to do that um especially like a solo game too um yeah final girl i love it yeah, I'm not a solo gamer at all. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast or in general, but uh, Final Girl is probably one of the better ones that I have played. Still not a game that I like am itching to come back to, but that's because I'm not itching to play solo games. I do think that if I were a solo gamer, Final Girl would be up at the tip top for me. Uh, I love the theme. I really love the difficulty. I love the randomness. Yeah, if... I mean, I can't say this because I'm not a solo gamer, but if I were a solo gamer, this might be my favorite solo game. <laughs> it's a completely baseless statement, but I feel like <laughs> if I were a solo gamer, this might be my favorite. Has it stopped you before, Max? I, I'm, that's just what I do, baby. Uh, just a reminder, I did leave my copy of Final Girl in Florida. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> All right, next the best part list. about that was Max thinking that I left it on like, some street <laughs> corner. <laughs> you, like put it in a McDonald's trash can as you exited the drive-thru. You're just like, all right, see ya. Yeah, uh, this, this McDouble takes up too much space. I got to get rid of Final Girl. <laughs> uh, next on my list is arguably a horror game, and that's Blood on a Clock Tower. Oh, um, I think so. We've talked about this again a lot on the podcast i'm not going to dive into it too much but it's a big grandiose uh, uh hidden hidden traitor what, what is the word i'm thinking of uh, what, what's the what is that game called social deduction thank you <laughs> it's a social deduction game i'm here for you baby. um a la one night ultimate werewolf or uh, uh mafia or something like that but in my opinion blood on the clock tower does it not only the best but also the most horror you have the demon and you have like very tropey things like the saint and the priest and the soldier and all those things and i i just love blood on the clock tower i'm not necessarily saying that it makes me scared by any means but thematically it is wonderfully horror and i just dig the game so so much yeah i think like <clears throat> blood on the clock tower it's not scary but i think it is the theme you can lend you can it's a game like where you're making a game night around it you're creating like a day around it <clears throat> I can see it being a game like where you can really lean into that, and, like have candles and 
dim lighting and the music and stuff. Oh, you yeah. can really just make make a day of it and like create like the the feel of uh that yeah. horror. Yeah. Yeah, it's not scary. Like you're right, but like it's definitely got like that horror vibe. Like it's a it'd be such a great like uh Halloween party game, right? I 100% yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kyle. Round us out. All right, my last one uh is uh Mansions of Madness, which is another Arkham game that walked so Arkham Horror the card game could run. Uh, I do think Arkham Horror the card game is probably a better game, um, but I, I, Mansions of Madness is not a campaign. Everything's a one-off scenario, which I think is a positive for Mansions of Madness. Um, I think I think campaigns are a little bit harder to get to. Uh, it has the dice rolling in it, which I also am a big fan of, as I mentioned for Cthulhu: Death May Die. Um, and in this one, you're just trying to you're just trying to walk around. You're trying to solve the mystery. You don't know exactly what the goal is until you start searching and looking around and investigating and that feels very thematic um now i will say i do like mansions of madness i had a lot of fun playing it um but because i have journeys in middle earth and i do prefer journeys in middle earth uh i will be getting rid of my mansions of madness but it is a it is a very good game and i think it's uh it fits the the horror thing well it's a great october game i agree i i love mansion madness it was it was my number one game for a long time um and I think like it's just as time has gone on, like the like the the thing is kind of put the nail in the coffin for it for me. It's just like the some of the some of the games can just run so so long, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like almost like an all day game. Um, so that's kind of the unfortunate thing of like, and the app doesn't really facilitate being able to stop and pick up where you left off. Um, and those minis so, suck. Oh my god, the minis, yeah, the minis are, are terrible. Oh my god, I, I I texted Kenny. I was like, Kenny, what do I do with these bases? And he's like, and he gave me some hints. He's like, oh, you might want to glue them. I'm like, I'm not going to play with the minis. <laughs> I just played with the cardboard chips. What I yeah. did, I only, what I, do. Yeah. I only owned the game for a little bit. But what I did is I bought uh, clear plastic discs. And I cut yeah. them off their black bases and just glued them onto the clear plastic bases. So you could see the the map below them, stuff like that. It instantly, so much better. But yeah. So before we move on, are you team Mansions of Madness or Death May Die? Not that they have to be compared together, but I think a lot of people do compare them. So to take a stand, where are you where are you sitting? Death May Die for sure. I I I I think like Mansions of Madness is really very good, but I think is I think Death May Die is a bit more timeless in terms of like I'll be able to play this going forward. But I think Mansions of Madness the breath is that has is rough around the edges you can tell like nemesis is yeah Yeah. i agree like when i i played it for the first time this year and you could you could see the age on it Mm -hmm. um no kenny have you played jime sorry have you played journeys of middle earth kenny Mm -mm, no okay i didn't know which one you preferred of those two i do think too that the app in mansions of madness though great is adds just a little bit of obtusity to it yeah, uh, and you like want to have it on an iPad at the very least, if not streaming to a TV mm-hmm. or something. And if you don't have that, it's like, meh. you play Death May Die, you don't need like an app to help facilitate the game. But I am also Team Death May Die to clarify. Uh, so the game, next game on my list is, is actually an RPG, which I don't know if is allowed, but we're gonna do it anyway. Let's do it. Um, and so Ten Candles, Ten the game is called Ten Candles, and it's actually a one shot RPG. The setting is basically is very very interesting. We were basically there's um as a group you're basically creating this world you're creating the scenario um and the the dm actually has very little control over the 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 setting and what's happening at the beginning um but as the game goes on and on the dm has more and more control over the story and how it ends up um but in the beginning of the game the players have like almost 
more control over what happens and where the story goes than the DM themselves. Even the the the, the monster you're fighting, which I think it's called like the others, aren't even defined. Like you basically, as a group, are going to define like the the weaknesses, the strengths, and like the the vibes of these monsters in the very beginning. Um, and you, you play the game over ten rounds, which are basically like ten scenes, and you're doing dice rolls. Um, <clears throat> to see whether you pass or fail, like you do in a traditional RPG. But the game, I think, really sets it apart is that you, there's, there's almost like this ritualistic aspect of the game where you have like ten tea candles that you are put in the center of the table, and for once you fail a dice roll, um, you you snuff a candle out, and so you can your the, the the light of the table slowly gets um brighter to darker uh, as more and more candles get snuffed out, and you basically have less and less control over the story you're just kind of basically seeing everything unravel because another thing about 10 candles is that no everyone's going to die at the end that is kind of like um the big pitch there's 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 there can be heroes there can be villains and all that but everyone's going to succumb to the the others at the end it's really just a story of like how you do it and how you will be remembered i guess in the the the, the legacy of the story um shut up and sit down did a really good um article on it years and years ago. So if it's something you're interested in, I would definitely check it out. Um, it is definitely like my, by far my favorite, like one shot RPG. Um, and it's like, out of all the games I've played, um, that are horror, like this is the one that, that definitely has like the vibes of, um, being spooky and scary and just like unsettling, um, in, in, in a very unique and cool way. So now you called it one shot. Uh, does that mean you like literally can never play it again or you could, but you just wouldn't know the outcome. No, it's more like you just you play in one session and that's it. Well, so yeah, I, I understand that, but you like, could, could you play? It. You could play, you replay it, and it feel like uh, a different experience. Yes, because like I think what because because I think the the one thing the DM does at the very beginning is like you say this is the setting, and um, that's that's basically it. So like you as a group are going to define like the like like well well like maybe last time you kind of made them as like almost like alien creatures out of like the thing or the alien. This next time they could be kind of like Lovecraft style uh, characters. Um, so yeah, there's, 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 I think it's very, very replayable. Um, okay, that's cool. The, yeah, I do like how you mentioned uh, the part where everybody dies at the end, and it's all about like what you do during it. I was like, oh, that's very representative of life. <laughs> we're yeah, we're all gonna die <laughs> yeah. at the end. It's just what how we're remembered. Wait, what? Yeah, Max. Um, have you been told about death? What? What is death? Oh boy! Tell me about it after the podcast. He's under thirty. He thinks he's invincible still. That's true. I'm not even twenty nine yet. Twenty nine? Twenty nine? Nine nine? The last movie on my list is an interesting one because it's not a movie that I, I'm sorry, a game. It's not a game that I love. I've only played it one time, and I liked it. But I think it's very thematically appropriate for Horror Month. And I think if you're gonna play this game, you should play it in a spooky setting with the candles on and the lights off, because I think that would just really add to it. And this is the night cage. Uh, have you have either of you all played this one yet? Uh, no. Okay. No. You're basically like cooperatively stuck in a tunnel system and you need to navigate the tunnel system to find keys to exit said tunnel system. But you can only see based off candlelight. And so you can only see basically orthogonally around you the four cardinal spaces around you um and there's monsters lurking in the dark and pits and things like that and 
ultimately it's kind of like a it's it's a little railroady in the sense that like you're drawing tiles and you're just placing them it's not i guess railroady is a bad term to use but um i didn't love this game but it is a very uh thematic horror game that really kind of gets you into that element and if i think if you play this in the right setting it may be one of the most effective board games as far as making you feel some type of way <laughs> Uh, I recommend you try it out for sure. It may not be a hit for everyone. It wasn't even a hit for me, but I would absolutely. I was more play interested it again. when you said railroad. Uh, well, yeah, that that sounds like a <laughs> Kyle thing. All right, what about the horror movies? What about uh, these? Aren't necessarily like top three. Like I'm not saying that, but just like recommendations. Some of our favorites. What are you thinking, Kyle? I mean, come on, we know it's Scream. Yeah, we best know slasher. I'm not gonna mention it, say anymore. It's Scream, best oh, slasher movie okay. there is. Do you agree with that, Kenny? Yeah, I think Scream is one of the best slasher movies. I think it's probably no, the best. Is it the best? Okay, that's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah so, so in terms of like slasher movie, yeah. I think so. I've not seen Halloween, uh, which I know will be compared to you it a will, lot. You will like it. You will like Scream more. I expect to. I, I would put $10 on it. That's how confident you I am. You know what movie I really want to see, and I almost put it on my list, but I didn't? I'm going to put it on our, our Christmas list. Is Black Christmas, uh, which is oh, a it's I'll a slasher. No, it's, Black Christmas is like a 1974 slasher film, but a lot of people say it's really good. I'm, I'm into it. I'm and I figured, you know what? Let's put it on the Christmas list rather than the horror list because we could use a little shake up come holiday time when we're watching <laughs> nope. Elf and Home National Alone. Lampoons and Home Alone <laughs> and then Black Christmas. So right. I'm excited for that. But yeah, that's a slasher I want to see. I definitely think that currently uh, I would give best slasher to Scream. Uh, so my movie is, one of my movies is Evil Dead 2. Um, I love like the uh, horror comedy movies. And I think Evil Dead is like one of the most revered of uh, this kind of like specific genre. Um, just a lot of fun, kind of off the wall. I could also see people absolutely hating it. But uh, if you kind of go into the right expectations, it's it's a blast. Love the first one, so I haven't seen the second one. I've not seen second any one. of them. I really need to. That's crazy. I know. I know. I think Evil Dead Two. I think I'm. I think I, I'm skipping the first one. I, maybe I shouldn't, but I think according to my watch list, Evil Dead Two, I think is in my 31 Days of Horror watch list. Which, you know, no chance I actually watch all 31 movies, but I'm just putting them in there and gonna get how many out of the way as I can. I think Evil Dead One's still worth watching. Don't tell me that now. Mine is a movie we've already talked about, um, which which may end up going on our movie list if I, I don't know. It's locked in. Oh, my God, Max. I'm locked in, Kyle. Nick. Shut up. I'm already locked in, but I will force you Shut to watch up. this movie eventually, uh, and that's REC. I've uh, talked about it before. It is my favorite found footage, one of my favorite horror movies in general. Um, it is basically Spanish quarantine, if you've seen quarantine, but in my opinion, uh, the authenticity, the acting of REC is just much better than Quarantine. Quarantine's still a good movie, but REC is one of the best. Uh, all right, for my next movie, uh, I like horror movies that subvert expectations, which is actually one of the reasons I really like Scream. Uh, and that is Cabin in the Woods. Uh, Cabin in the Woods is a horror movie that feels like a very, very standard horror movie. A bunch of teenagers in a cabin. Crazy things are happening. Um, but the ending is so freaking wild and I'm not going to spoil it. I refuse to, 
I went in the cabin in the woods knowing nothing about it other than it being a horror movie. Same. And like the last 45 minutes, I was like, I think my hands were on my head because I was like, what <laughs> the hell is happening? It is so much fun. I, I really enjoyed Cabin in the Woods. A high, high recommendation for it anybody. It reminds me of like a Shyamalan horror. movie. Like what you would kind of kind expect of. a Shyamalan movie to be. I mean, I think Kevin was just even wackier than a Shyamalan movie, so yeah, it's just, that's fair. Yeah, has any what is any? It has nothing to do with Kevin in the Woods, which I thought was good. But what did people think about the Village? That's a horror movie, right? I think it's a, I think it's pretty good. I think it's kind of underrated, actually, because I, I think, think Shyamalan so gets a lot of shit now, and yeah. I think the Village is a decent, good movie. Yeah, I think I like the Village. I think like when I look back, I like his movies. I think like the Village has like the the twist that surprised me the most, uh, yeah. which I won't. Yeah, I, I remember it. well. I think Signs might be his best movie, but yeah, I I, I agree. But I think in terms of just twist and twist alone, I think Village yeah. has for over me, the like, Sixth Sense. Most. I didn't. Sixth Sense is fine. I think the Sixth Sense is just like so like was just like so popular that like you couldn't get away from people saying you know yeah uh, I see dead yeah. people. The yeah, Village yeah. is a great twist though. The I Village agree. is a movie that I I might even put it in my 31 days of horror and take something else out because I remember really liking it, but it's been ages at this point since I've seen it. Like I can't, I don't even remember the twist. I was literally talking to a coworker and they were like, well, you can't watch that movie again. Once you know the twist, I was like, I don't remember the twist. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what happened now. Maybe when oh, I start watching I it, will I, but I don't, I don't buy into that either. I don't think knowing the ending affects my enjoyability yeah I, I also time and time again with, with like with yeah. knives out and all of that yeah yeah i very much also disagree with that um my movie is oh it's not my turn it's kenny's turn i interrupted go ahead kenny how dare you well this is also my you. movie because i freaking love this movie i basically put this on this for max could write down this yes. is the strangers um it is i, I put this on this here because it's one of the horror movies that like most that probably affected me mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of um Oh, you've seen it too, Kyle? Oh, dude, I love The Strangers. Hell yeah, Terrifying. dude. So good. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a realness to The Strangers that really just hits. Exactly. And, just, and I think it's the, the very visceral in terms of like how the, the violence feels and it just feels, it's terrifying because they're not it's just so there scary. to kill them, but they're there to scare them. To toy um, with them. Yeah. Uh, and it, just, it has the feel of a movie that just could be like, you feel like this could happen to mm-hmm. you, you know? Yeah, f that. That was. We'll get into this more into the Q and A. I'm sure, but like, yeah, the strangers just it sits with you mm-hmm. after you see it. Like you're terrified to be home. Every car that drives by, you're like, oh my god, mm-hmm. my lights are on. They're <laughs> yeah. gonna see that I'm home. <laughs> it really messed me up as a kid when I first saw it. I don't know how old I was, but I was like, oh my god. And like to this day, Danielle is like a country girl, whereas I'm more of a city boy. She would love to live out in the country with chickens and stuff like that. And me, myself, I need neighbors and internet. So like, I'm not about that life. <laughs> but she's like, oh, we should move out in the country. And I'm like, don't you remember the strangers? Like, I need neighbors. I, I want neighbors bad. <laughs> if, I, if I don't have neighbors, I will piss myself. With street lights yeah. and cameras. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, that movie to this day has literally molded who i am as a person (laughs) (laughs) the next movie on our list is a movie that i've actually just seen for the first time this year and might be my favorite horror movie of all time i don't know i really need some thinking of that but that is 1982 john carpenter's the thing 
Uh, in my opinion, it's an absolute classic horror movie. I am, It's one of those that's interesting that it did not receive universal praise when it came out. It actually got panned pretty hard and flubbed at the box office. And now is like a huge cult classic. I mean, it's not even a cult classic anymore. It is like widely considered to be a classic, not not just cultish alone. But um, yeah, fantastic movie, hidden traitor kind of thing. It's you know, games have spawned from it. Other movies have spawned from it. There's been a prequel, a uh, huge practical effects going into this film. Uh, I think it just it's so good, and I really I've only seen it once. I, I got to see it again. It's on my it's on my 31 days of horror because I'm absolutely watching this again. Uh, yeah, I, I just saw it for the first time this year and I really liked the thing. Um, didn't know much about it going in. Uh, I, I obviously knew the, the, the basic premise. Um, I did not have high expectations, but yeah, it was great. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, really good, which um, I'm glad I saw that before I saw They Live, because if I saw They Live first, I wouldn't have watched <laughs> the thing. Wow. John Carpenter is like one of the best directors of all time. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I'm not ready to be there. I'm not ready to go there. You, come on, man. That's the ridiculous. Best directors of all time. Like I'm already going to say Spielberg, Tarantino. Um, uh, I'm so I'm just blanking. Here, I just like, want you to know find, we could find ten directors better than John Carpenter. Uh, well, I mean, maybe, but saying they're one of the best of all time is not necessarily saying it's top ten. There's a lot of amazing directors, but regardless, I do want you to know that I very nearly, very nearly. Put the movie Hell Comes to Frogtown on our horror list because it is another movie starring Roddy Piper. <laughs> and, oh my uh, god. <laughs> it's like a literal there's like literal frogs in this movie. Like people pra- dressed up as frogs. Like <laughs> it looks ridiculous. But starring Roddy Piper, I really, really, really considered it. This is why it takes you so long to like decide on yeah. these movies for the list like because you're you're considering stupid ass movies like this bro it takes me forever <laughs> to decide on movies like this look at that picture i just linked in the discord tell me that does not look like a fantastic movie hell comes to Frogtown. i gotta watch that well let's ask mackie about that one john carpenter did halloween i mean come on he did the yeah. fog escape from new york they uh, they live the thing i will say so i've not many. seen a lot of john carpenter movies so my I was uh, being I might have been a little uneducated uh, in saying that, but because I do like the thing, but I don't like they live. And I think those are the only two I've seen. Big Trouble in Little China. I need to watch that one. I haven't seen it. But I mean, I think that Halloween and the thing are his like magnum. Oh, opuses, I've seen Halloween. But, I've seen Halloween as well. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Uh, my last movie, I consider a horror movie, but it is not a scary movie. Um, and that is uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out. Uh, I, I really, uh, like this movie, obviously, uh, my wife really loves this movie. It's one that w- we don't rewatch really a ton of movies together. We saw this in theaters, but it's one that like she bought me when we had a DVD player and we would watch it pretty frequently. Um, it is, uh, it's got some great commentary on like racial injustice and just like, uh, subtle racism. Uh, and then it's not so subtle racism, obviously, yeah. uh, but Jordan Peele's like commentary mixed with his, his horror elements is just second to none um get out is a great movie his, still my favorite of his i hope he can return to the get out magic uh on a future project i still man i think nope is better than get out i mean i don't know i like it more i hesitate to say it's better but i think i like nope more but i also i think get get out is on my uh 
my 31 days of horror also because i want to rewatch it it's been a long time but i think jordan peele's fantastic uh so my next movie is paranormal activity um and i i, I specifically really like paranormal activity one and two the rest i probably don't watch i thought three um, was pretty decent and uh what's the, the one was... about the uh marked ones i thought marked ones was okay I think it, I think they kind of dip in quality as time goes on. But I think one and two are really, really good. Kind of like when we talked about Hell House LLC being a very standard and kind of bad found footage movie. I think Paranormal Activity is uh, one that just nails it. And I think like, especially the second one <clears throat> is was really affecting towards it for me, just in terms of scares and just being like constantly tense. Um, it just it, it did such a good job of just like the feeling of like anything could happen at any moment. So I, I felt constantly on edge in that movie and I, I remember there's one scene like where basically the uh, the wife is in the kitchen doing something and just out of nowhere every single cabinet in that end just explodes opens up and just everything just shoots out and that doesn't sound scary right but in the moment though i was just like incredibly freaked out I, that, I that one scene is like burned in my my brain for the rest of my life um and i'm constantly just scared scared in my kitchen so. <laughs> <laughs> he's over there making like eggs and he's just staring at his cabinets don't you move yeah. don't you move no, I agree paranormal activity is fantastic at, at least the first few I, I don't remember too much I remember three more than two because I think three is when they introduced the like oscillating security camera which like panned oh yeah mm-hmm. and I thought that added for a lot of pretty cool scare elements uh, and then I remember yeah. the marked ones because that was kind of like a, a change of pace. But I, I do think one is the is the like standout. Like if you're gonna watch yeah. one, watch Paranormal Activity one. It, one of my favorite theater experiences. I remember watching that in theaters, and it was incredible. Like, well, yeah, we like, were laughing it was because real. everyone was terrified. Like it's like the laughs when you're so scared is what was happening in the theater. Now, I could be misremembering, but, like, I felt like when Paranormal Activity 1 came out, like, there was legitimate chatter about, like, this was, like, real. Like, so many people thought it was, like, legitimately happening, like, actual found footage. And, like, now I was like, okay, this is obviously actors, and it's just they're doing a really good job. But, man, they did a great job of selling it feeling real. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I, I don't think anyone. I didn't think it was real. I no, was but I think movie. they do such a good job of just, like, selling it. Um, and I think that's what makes it such a good found footage movie, just because like it feels real. The actors sell it. the The way they like do even like the opening bit where it says like Paramount has agreed to like agreed to right, share the, right, right. this footage, stuff like that. Like it, you know, it's dumb, but it works, right? Well, so, people thought uh, people thought Blair Witch was real too when it first came out. That I do remember, recall hearing. Yeah, and I I can believe that because the internet wasn't as prevalent as as it was like when Paranormal Activity <laughs> came out, right? So. Um, so I could pe- I could see people getting stuck right into that for sure. Uh, the last one on my list is The Shining, another movie we've talked about quite a lot. Uh, I love The Shining, fantastic movie, fantastic horror movie. Not a jump scare type movie, but more of a psychological horror movie that really gets under your skin. Fantastic performances uh, by both Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson. Fantastic directing by Stanley Kubrick. A big fan of The Shining, one of my favorites of all time. Have have both? I I assume Kenny, you've seen The Shining. Kyle, have you? Yeah, I've seen The Shining. Not, okay, you, wait. I have not seen The Shining. Actually, you've not seen The Shining. Nope. What the hell? I I love Stephen King. He's one of my favorite writers. Yeah. 
do you are you a fan because i know stephen king does not like the shining i i much prefer the book yeah i think that the book ending is better than the uh the movie ending sure yeah and i've never read the book so i don't have any context i just i happen to know that stephen king does not like it well and i I say that as if like stephen king's my uncle i don't mean it like that i mean i've heard online that stephen king doesn't like the shining there's some there's some pretty big changes uh in the movie uh, Kubrick definitely makes it his own. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, The Shining's fantastic. I know Doolin watched it with me um, a few months back and then watched it with Emily just the other day and uh, was texting me saying that it is uh, much better the second time around, too. Like, he liked it the first time. He loved it the second time. And apparently I Emily do like really the movie. loved it also. So I'm, I'm excited Yeah, I about do like that. it. Yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, now, before we get on to talking about our horror watch list and, well, our, our, our watch-a-thon that you can participate with in the Discord, uh, we do want to mention, like, a few things that we want to get to. We're literally just going to run through these. So, we're not going to talk about this much at all, but these are games and movies that, like, we want to see that we haven't or haven't played enough of or haven't seen in a long time throughout the month of October, throughout Spooky Month. Kyle, what you got for us? Uh, yeah, I, I just really want to get to Vagrant Song. Had this game for a while. It's about Ghost on Trains. Um, love it's that a campaign game, which is one you of the reasons I haven't got to it yet. I do love trains and I love ghosts. Big fan of ghosts. Are you a big fan of pottery? Pottery? Yeah. Oh, no. The hilarious guy on guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a scene in the movie Ghosts? It, it, it is. Yes. Isn't that like Patrick Swayze or something? It is. Nice. Yeah, Look good. at me knowing things. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> uh, so for this month, I'm looking forward to playing a lot of Final Girl. I have a personal goal, which is to play through all the different um, box sets. Nice. At least at least once. Probably not beat them all, but just kind of go through them. Um, <clears throat> and for the movie I'm really looking forward to watch is No One Will Save You. This is a, a Hulu streaming movie. Um, it's about alien invasion type stuff. Um, oh, that one's brand new, right? Brand new, yeah. I saw Amber watched it. Um, I, I I caught a glimpse of it. I was really impressed by uh, just how it looked, and um, yeah, I thought it looked really good. So I'm I'm gonna watch that for myself too. Nice. Uh, one thing that I didn't write down, but that I am excited about, is uh, getting Amber on the podcast in some form <laughs> yeah. or fashion. Uh, I think, yeah. For sure. Amber is Kenny's wife, who is a big horror fan. Uh, hates Skinnamarink. Uh, so I think we're going to have to talk about Skinnamarink while she's on. But we, we've got to get her on to talk horror. I think we should do this. We should, towards the end of the month, when you've walked, gone through your 31 movies, do you, do you, I think she's probably seen all those movies that you have on your list. Okay. You, you should go through it and uh, do a recap, and she'll give you, give you shit for liking Skinnamarink. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, I think it's... This main thing she wants to be in the podcast for, so <laughs> giving me shit. <laughs> yeah, honestly, whenever I send out like a, a a poke to people that we want on the podcast as guests, I'm like, keep in mind, you can talk shit to Max, you can make fun of him all you want. Like that's really the big draw for people, I think. <laughs> uh, stuff I want to get to this month. I'd love to play a game of Blood on the Clock Tower in October. If we can arrange that some weekend, and like maybe even arrange it in particular to do it at night. Where like we can get a little more into the theme with the music and the mm-hmm. candles and stuff. That would just be so cool. Uh, I really we'll, want to we'll, see. We'll all wear capes. Yes, please, please. I really want to see Trick or Treat. Uh, a lot of people talk about how this is like a Halloween classic. It's an anthology type movie uh, where it's like one. it's yeah. just it's one that you watch every Halloween. 
uh, like Hocus Pocus or something like that. And I've not seen it, but I'm really excited to finally check it out for the first time. Uh, the Wailing is one that I very nearly put on our movie watch list, but I figured maybe it's one I should watch first before doing so. It's a pretty long two and a half hour South Korean horror movie. So it, it seems right up my alley. Um, but I know a lot of people complain about it being a little ambiguous and I know how much you all absolutely love ambiguous things. So I figured maybe I shouldn't put mm-hmm. it on the list just yet. And then I really want to watch the descent again. I could put a lot of movies here, but like REC, the descent, the village, whatever movies that I've seen in the past, but haven't and have very fond memories of. And that is one of them. Uh, again, very nearly on our list. Speaking of our list, we each picked two movies to put on a board game box office horror movie list watchathon. So people in the Discord or the community, wherever you are, can watch these movies along with us. And of course, we will have an episode towards the end of October discussing them, ranking them, uh, and we'll we'll talk about it there. So Kyle, which two did you pick? And if you feel like extrapolating and saying why, you're welcome to, but you do not have to. Okay. Uh, so the two I picked, I wanted to pick one I've never seen and one I had seen, but I wanted other people to watch. Uh, so the one I haven't seen is the Babadook. Um, this is just one that like I searched like best recent horror movies and it popped up. I, I remember like hearing people talk about it, but I don't know m- much about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of threw it on there on, on a whim. Uh, the other one I picked is the one I have seen, uh, and it's kind of, kind of like the the twin film to Scream, and that's I know what you did last summer, um, and that is another slasher film that came out around the same time. Um, I feel like they were talked about a lot together, um, and Scream just kind of, uh, had more staying power, obviously, as they were still making them. Um, but I know what you did last summer is like a pretty good movie, uh, still. So, and I haven't watched it since I was a kid, so I'm excited to see if it holds up. Um, and I don't know if, uh, I'm sure Kenny has seen it, but I doubt I anybody not. else has. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, I know what you did last summer, uh, mainly for Jennifer Love Hewitt, you know, that's yeah. cause I, I was of the age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually did the same thing you did. Kyle. I picked one movie I love and one movie I want to see. And the movie I love is Drag Me to Hell. This is also a um, Sam Raimi movie. Um, it's almost kind of like Evil Dead PG 13, but it is still great, still fantastic. Um, it's kind of like a good introduction to like horror movie comedies. Um, and the other movie I picked is Midsummer. Um, which I actually just watched. Uh, I just finished it oh. uh, tonight. Yeah. Oh, care to I re- elaborate? I really liked it. Yeah, I thought it was very good. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> it is. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, Midsummer is fantastic. That's awesome. I'm so glad you liked it. I I'm excited to watch it again. Uh, because it's mm-hmm. it's what I really enjoyed. Uh, Doolin picked the ring and green room uh the ring i'm sure everyone knows about it's the american version of ringu uh it's a very popular classic i mean classic it's 2000s i guess but uh fairly classic horror movie uh freaks a lot of people out i'm excited to revisit it i've seen it before and then green room i knew nothing about um i've already seen green room it's one that i watched i won't give away too much but i will say that i liked it um about uh i really don't even know how to describe this movie but it is uh it's a it's kind of like a thriller horror punk action punk yeah punk rock horror have you seen it no no okay I'm familiar with the concept yeah yeah and then I also didn't know what the I didn't know what green room meant and I was like talking to someone after watching I was like but the room wasn't even green 
<laughs> and they were like, yeah, but was it like, was it like where you go before a show? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, that's that's the green room. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I only know that from the NFL draft. That's where the athletes okay, I uh, gotcha. wait till they get to get picked. Yeah. So uh, I'm interested to hear your takes on that movie. I thought it was, I thought it was quite good. I thought it was quite good. Uh, Jash picked Saw, another kind of classic movie. And uh, he also picked Happy Death Day. And Saw is uh, another one I'm very excited to go back to and see. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember it being quite good. Never seen Happy Death Day, but I like the premise. I know a little bit about it. I love Happy Death Day. Nice. Okay. Have you seen Happy Death Day to you? Yes. Nice. Any good still? Yeah, they're good. Good, Uh, good. They do Groundhog's Day better than Groundhog's Day. Well, interesting. Okay. And then I picked uh, The Witch which is a movie that I have loved uh, for a long time after first seeing it and uh, starring our girl, Andrew Taylor Joy, Kyle. Uh, and I picked Heck this yeah. one mostly because no one Heck else yeah. has seen it. I really wanted to pick like REC and the ring and stuff like that. But I knew for a fact that Kenny had seen them and, and I wanted to kind of get something that was fresh for everybody. So the witch is that pick for me. And I also picked the movie. Um, my cousin-in-law is a big fan of horror movies, loves horror movies. Loves a lot of B-horror movies, which I told him specifically to not recommend to me. Because although I would like them, you all would hate them. Uh, and he gave me a recommendation of a movie called Ghost Watch, which I'm actually incredibly excited for. I'd never heard of it until he recommended it to me. But this is like, I described it to you all as being like the, a BBC version of War of the Worlds, where War of the Worlds was a big prank on people. Ghostwatch is kind of the same where they ran this movie in 1992 on Halloween night and the audience thought it was real life and live television. Uh, and I'm very excited to check that out as they investigate a haunted house. So uh, we, that's the movies for our watch list. We did just want to pick out one in particular that we're most excited about seeing. I've already kind of mentioned it. I'm really excited about seeing Saw again. I've seen it once before. Very excited to see it again. Uh, I think the one I'm most looking forward to is The Ring uh, because I have never seen it. Uh, so it is one of those horror blind spots for me. Uh, it came out in 2002 when I was 14, and uh, I was a scared little boy when it came out. I was afraid. I was afraid to watch it when it when it first released. So I just never returned to it. Sure. So I've seen both movies on this list, which is cool. Um, but I am actually very interested in seeing The Witch because I've never seen it and has a good good pedigree. So yeah. Now I know we were talking with uh, Jeff and Jamie. They did not like The Witch at all. Um, they said that it was just too boring. I don't think they finished it even. Which I think is a complaint that you might have. It is a slow burn. It is a slow burn movie, but I, you know, you all have to watch the whole thing. So, but it's you know. got ATJ in it. So it does. Yeah, ATJ. Yeah. All righty. So if you want to follow along with our board game movie list, watch along. Make sure you join us in the Discord, chat to us there, and uh, of course the letterbox link for all those uh, movies is in there as well. And. Uh, yeah, I also have my own 31 Days of Horror, which you can check out and follow along with me if you're looking for more horror. Then let's get into our horror Q&A. I think most of these are going to be about movies, if not all of them, maybe a couple about games. But we fielded some questions from the Discord, and we're just going to run through them and have a good time answering them real quick. So let's start off with the first one. Is there a horror movie that either tra- that traumatized you? as a kid or an adult? And if so, which one? Does anyone have an answer off the top of their head for that one? I yes. Do. Go for it. Kenny, you first. 
Um, so I remember being like probably eight or nine and I was watching TV, just kind of flipping through the channels. Um, and I flipped to a channel and it was, they're, they're playing aliens and there's a scene in aliens where Bishop, one of the guys just gets cut in half and you, there's a scene, the scene where you just basically see his entrails, um, just bubbling out. Um, <laughs> and I remember just, I, I had flipped to the, do the TV station at, at that exact scene. And I was like, Oh my God, what am I watching right now? And that that freaked me out for a good long time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just pure pure coincidence. But Aliens messed me up. It's not even a scary movie, really. But um, that one scene, gross. Uh, for me, um, so it's, you might catch this as like kind of a recurring theme. As we, the thing that always scared me as a kid was like legitimately being murdered. So like ghosts and vampires and all that stuff. I knew that was made up. I did that did not scare me. <laughs> but the idea of getting murdered felt very real. Uh, so I was always nervous about that. And then when I saw the sixth sense and, uh, they reveal that Bruce Willis has been dead the whole time and they show how it happened. And the guy was like in the bathroom, like hiding behind the door and then shoots him. You don't know how long I, every time I went to the bathroom, I looked behind a door cause I was so nervous <laughs> that somebody could be behind the bathroom door to shoot me. It was terrifying. And this is like, I came out when I was 11. And I remember my sister who is like, she's eight years older than me. And she was very, very into horror movies. Um, and so she showed it to me and I was like, you are traumatizing me. <laughs> Why are you doing this? There's just so much of the sixth sense that actually scared me. Like every time Haley Dawson met a new ghost and it's like the kid who accidentally shot himself and you could see like the, his brain in the back of the head and, uh, and then the girl who like got poisoned by her own mom with like the detergent. I was like, what is all this has happened? All this that could happen? I was like, is my mom going to poison me? <laughs> oh my god! Everything about Six Sense terrified me. Absolutely terrified me. Uh, I do think that my best answer would probably be The Strangers, just in general. Like I said, it literally molded me as a person, as far as someone who never wants to live alone in the countryside. Uh, but since I already mentioned that, uh, I think that there's a, a couple scenes, one in particular in Descent that's real real scary but uh that i don't think i'm claustrophobic but the descent makes me feel claustrophobic <laughs> and i feel like it very much uh i like the idea of spelunking and cave diving and things like that um but that seems like a terrible idea like it it turned me away from ever wanting to do that i mean that and the fact that i'm pretty overweight but like you know <laughs> several several things Spelunking seems like such a terrible idea. You know, I it's, agree. it's so popular out here in Kentucky. Yeah. Like I, I, I do not get it. It's what are you going like, to find in a cave? Nothing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, see, that's know. that's where you're wrong. You'll find dead people that came before you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Descent, man. Descent is such like an effective horror movie it too. Is so like that good. is, it is so good. Yeah, I agree. Kyle, you should watch the Descent. I know it's not on our list, but you really should. watch I would it. watch it. It's freaking yeah, great. It. It's it's a fantastic film. Uh, this is maybe one that we'll talk about a little more, but what constitutes a horror board game? And, and why I kind of bring this up, I'll give some context to this, uh, is that I watched a YouTube video actually just before the recording of this podcast, and I didn't even finish it. Um, so shout out to Spice8Rack. I have no idea who this person is, but I stumbled across a video called Horror Board Games, The Anatomy of Terror's Least Likely Home. And I watched the first half hour of this two hour long video and in it, he kind of breaks down his reasoning for 
basically tearing down horror board games or what the mass believe horror board games to be. So he goes through the first little bit of the of the video talking about how gloom and betrayal and house on the hill and uh, bloody in and things like that are often referred to as horror board games, but he does not believe they are. Now, I want to clarify again. I only saw the first half hour. There's a chance that he has a pivot here later, whatever. You should watch that video. I thought it was quite good so far. I'm going to intending on finishing it later, but it got me thinking, what do we constitute as a horror board game? And honestly, this could also spew in over into movies. Uh, something we talked about earlier, Kyle, is Get Out, a movie that is not particularly scary, but I would still classify as horror. And I think there's lots of those. Like, I don't think a movie has to be scary to be a horror movie. But at the same time, it fits better if it is. It's hard to describe. But what do you think? Let's keep it focused on games. What do you think constitutes a horror board game for you personally? I was just going to say, I think the theme is all that matters uh, to me. Uh, because a board game is l- just not going to be scary ever. Um, I just don't see how it could be. Uh, so if it has a horror theme, like uh, Betrayal on the House on the Hill, Betrayal at House on the Hill does, mm-hmm. or like Gloom does, or Bloody End does, that's a horror board game. Fair. Yeah, I think that's probably like the easiest way to describe it. It's just it's all thematic. But I agree that I don't know that I've ever had a board game scare me. Is it even possible? Yeah, and I mean I think so many board games that are horror. Th- are kind of like horror and theme only, and that that's fine. Like I think it works. Like Final Girl has horror horror elements, and it just thematically feels like a horror game, but it's not gonna scare you or anything like that. Um, but I, I do think like there has to be an element of like I think it's something you brought up, Max. So which I think it's a really good point earlier is that there has to be like a a sense of like discovery or exploration or or like a feeling of the unknown, um, where you're where you don't know what's going to happen next. And I think that's something like Arkham Horror does a really good job of, because you never really know, like yeah, you never sure. really know how the story's going to branch and how you're going to affect the story. And I think even stuff like Final Girl, there's, you know, the, the events and how they play out and how like it affects the, the victims on the map can really uh, determine, um, can really create the outcome of the movie that just is unpredictable. And, um, you know, I think ultimately interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, yeah, I think I agree with you. Uh, Arkham Horror LCG is a good example, I think, of of one that maybe not necessarily scary, but like a, again, you talk about like the fear of the unknown and something like that really adds to the the game. Whereas I, when I mentioned it earlier, I think before the podcast even started, we talked about like his teardown of betrayal is basically like you play eighty percent of the game waiting for the game yeah. to start. And you know there's going to be a traitor because it's in the name Betrayal, the house on the hill. And then when the traitor is revealed, the traitor receives their objective and the others receive their objective. And they immediately know how to defeat said traitor. Like there's no there's no moment where the people that are playing the non-traitors are like, oh gosh, how do we deal with this traitor? How do we handle this fight? They're just given a rule set. Like here's what you need to do. Here's how you defeat it. So, like, that anxiety doesn't happen. There's no tension, really, at all. And honestly, I thought that was quite a, a, a tactful teardown of it as a horror game. Not that I necessarily agree with it, but it makes some good points, at the very least. I think it's a good teardown of it as a board game. Yeah, oh, fair, too. I mean, it is. I mean, that's a horror board game was what he was tearing down. So, a little bit of both. But I agree. Uh, who would win in a fight? You probably know these better than me. 
because I've never seen a Freddy movie movie with a Nightmare on Elm Street. I think there was a movie about this. Freddy, Freddy, Jason, or Michael Myers? I think Mike Myers. Too. My first my thought, Freddy. My first thought says Freddy too, but I've also never seen a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But like, he goes into people's dreams and kills them in their dreams, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, right. I mean, what is what is Michael Myers or Jason going to do about that? They're just like they just can't be killed. Yeah, that's that's kind of like, like like Michael Myers is like oh. a, out of all of these characters, he's like the most I feel like unstoppable. Like he's died so many times and come back. So many times, just unrelenting in terms of just wanting to kill and kill and kill. That I think, like, <laughs> you, you could kill him, but he's going to come back because his, his franchise is probably the most popular. So, you know, he's going to, they're going to make another movie. He's going to come back to life. You know, why is that? A, I didn't know that about Halloween. I've never seen it. I'm now Team <laughs> Michael Myers. But why do you think Halloween is more famous now? than like Friday the 13th? Like, you look at all these like 80s, 90s horror movies, and like you have Scream which is still holding up today, but took some pretty substantial breaks. And then you have Halloween, which would, people would argue is not holding up today, but commercially is still successful, even to this day, putting out constant remakes. And then you have Friday the 13th, which did a lot, but ultimately fell off. I don't know when the last time I knew Friday the 13th movies came out. And then you have Nightmare on Elm Street, which again, other than like the Friday the 13th crossovers, nothing news came out for well, it. Right? I mean, like they did a Freddy movie fairly recently so it hasn't been that long jason it's been a long time since there's been a jason movie i think all i remember is freddy versus jason which was maybe like 2012 and jason won jason did win maybe that's the answer okay jason wins i don't think maybe that is the answer um (laughs) because i loved friday the 13th growing up as a kid i thought friday the 13th was fantastic now i have not watched that movie in a long time i fear it does not hold up uh, but I have not seen it in a very long time. I I don't know why Halloween stood the test of time. I I do like Halloween, the original Halloween. I saw it for the first time. It's it's okay. You know why I think it is? I think it's because of Jamie Lee Curtis. Because like all these other movies don't really have like a, I was gonna a yeah. star that attached to it that is like stayed with it. Uh, Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis is the one that's that is like oh, you know call. is recognizable and still famous. You know, good actress, mm-hmm. and I think. And Scream mm-hmm. Two has like uh uh Reese Witherspoon is that who it is who is Beth it Campbell but well she's in the who's in the beginning who's in the beginning though of Scream oh uh, Drew Barrymore Drew Barrymore not Reese Witherspoon Drew Barrymore <laughs> yes that's who I was thinking of but yeah like her and Nev Campbell are, are famous enough to to hold it together and I I very much agree with you about Halloween I do think Jamie Lee Curtis is a big reason and I couldn't tell yeah, you anybody in Friday the Thirteenth or in Friday the Thirteenth had Johnny Depp but uh, he's not associated with it anymore so did mm-hmm. it really the the original the original Friday the Thirteenth yeah. had Johnny Depp. Oh no 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 no! no. And, and I'm thinking Nightmare. Yeah, he's been an actor for a long time. Oh okay, I was no, not saying like, I've seen that bad. movie a dozen times. And I did not... <laughs> okay, all right, that makes sense. I've never seen that one, so yeah, that makes that makes sense. Uh, what is your default? And maybe this is one we've said already. What is your default horror movie recommendation? One that you see working for most people. Your answer's got to be Scream, right, Kyle? Yeah, first, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to talk. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kitty. I, I don't know. Scream's a good one. Yeah, Scream is a really good pick. It might not be my favorite, but I do feel like it's one that everyone can like. I lied. I'm going to talk. Okay. Um, so Scream, Scream is my answer, but it it's made for people who like horror movies slash slashers, right? It's made for slasher fans because it's so meta. 
So if you're just recommending it to some Joe Schmo who's never seen a horror movie, will they like it as much as somebody who has seen all of these movies? That's a good point. So I don't know. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> so it's, it's like we're picking, you're trying to pick like the most vanilla horror movie. That's not going to offend anybody. And what I think like the horror genre is like inherently made to offend people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I so, agree with that. I, I think it's got to pick, just go, go balls out and pick something like crazy, like, uh, Pick Midsummer, you know. Let's 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 really affect your psyche ghost. and see some really messed up stuff, you know. Sure, let's do it. I feel like maybe something like Train to Busan, which I've never even seen, but might be a good recommendation for like a lot of that's, people. Is that zombie? Yeah, I mean, but it's also a foreign film. That that's also that does not have mass so appeal what? unless you're Max, you know. That's a very Max thing. <laughs> Whatever. Train people Busan love is very Train good. to I, Busan. Like Trains. Listen. The original Halloween on Letterboxd has 813,000 members, meaning people that have like watched it and, and logged it. Train to Busan has 716,000. So it's less than 100,000 less than Halloween, which has been out since 1982 or 1978. This also Letterboxd. This, that's it's just, you oh know, my God. the elite of the elite uh, film snobs. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like. We're, 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 we're talking about the horror movie you can recommend to your uh, Aunt Patty. So she can have something uh, scary to watch on Halloween, you know? My Aunt Patty would never want to watch a horror <laughs> so, movie. Ever. Under wraps. There's, ever. No good, there's no good answer to this. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I will say, uh, uh, this is, yeah. Uh, let's, let's go with um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick some of like, I, wow. I'm going to pick some of like, some of kind of like a horror comedy. So I'm going to, I'm just going to, we talked about earlier, but Drag Me to Hell. I think it's a, Good, scary, funny, enjoyable horror. So, what about just like Dawn of the Dead? Sure, or Shaun of the Dead. That's not horror. No, not Shaun of the Dead. Why not? Uh, not Night of the Living Dead, though. Never seen it. Is a great movie, um, and I think that is a, a awesome starting point for if you want to get into like classic horror movies. When you think about watching a horror movie, what comes to mind? i.e. what do you want to see in a movie or I feel like I want to jump scare or whatever else. I don't watch a horror movie for jump scares. So I I think I at least just want to see like um something interesting story wise, you know? I think it's I think like yeah. the story and characters and all that stuff kind of trump it all. Yeah, that's the thing that will always draw me in. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly in agreement with that. I will say that I am always not necessarily jump scare, but I'm always on the lookout for movies that I feel are truly mm, yeah. terrifying. So now some people, some people watch scary movies for not to be scared, right? Like this is a great pivot to talk about Kyle. You weren't there yesterday when we played games with Doolin and Jash, Jash literally said, I probably won't watch most of those movies because I don't like horror movies. And I was like, what the what? heck dude? Why did we even allow you to contribute to movies? Like, <laughs> no, no, I do like my, uh, Josh's picks. I actually so. like Josh's picks too. Yeah, but I thought that was like, come on, man, like, get out of your shell, whatever. But regardless, yeah, don't be a punk. I when I am looking at like recommendations for horror movies, I want recommendations for good horror movies. Like a lot of people recommend The Wailing as a very good horror movie, but at the same time, many people say it's not particularly scary. I am looking for also the most terrifying recommendations you can have because I personally enjoy being scared. 
Uh, yeah, I do too. Which is why, like, although I think Skinamarink is very polarizing, I think it can be incredibly boring to some, and I think to others it can be incredibly terrifying. Which is why I think it's a good recommendation for people to try. You know, you may not like it at all, but I I just want to know what people think. Um, something like The Descent, I think, is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. REC might be up there as well. So, like, stuff like that is what I try and gravitate to is something that can truly terrify me. So, growing up, I definitely associated horror movies with jump scares. Yeah. Right? Like, that's all I thought about when I was watching a horror movie. I was like, what's going to jump out and give me a heart attack? Uh, now, what I look for, I mentioned earlier, it's just like subverting expectations. Uh, make me look one way and then surprise me. Because uh, I think that's what's going to catch me off guard. Um, also, I'm looking for a, a buildup in suspense. Uh, something like Paranormal Activity, I think, does very well. Um, the first 30 minutes is like very slow and you just catch things very subtly and it just builds. There's yeah. just such a crescendo. And I think the best horror movies do that. Totally fair. Uh, what is the horror movie that made you realize you enjoy horror movies? Mine might be Signs. That's what I was going to say. I think Signs is my answer, too. Because yes. it's kind of, it's not that scary, but there's one part that makes, that scared the crap out of me. Is it the birthday me. part? Yes. Listen, Kyle. Yes. <laughs> Kyle. When I was watching Signs growing up, Sam was watching with me, and she was sitting on the couch next to me, and <laughs> this scene happens at the birthday party. And she literally screamed and jumped up and sat behind the couch for the remainder of the movie. Like, did not even watch the rest of the movie. She jumped up behind the couch and just stayed there. Move, children. Vamanos. It, that that <laughs> truly was an incredibly terrifying moment. Like, yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, and so there's like, there's little scary. It's just scary enough. Right. But it's not that scary. It doesn't make you not want to watch it, right? Yeah. Signs signs. And I grew up around cornfields. Oh, so and the, like, the when when he's looking under the door with the reflection on the knife. Yes. Oh, oh man. Signs is so good. <laughs> I gotta I rewatch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me I'd probably I'd probably say kinda going back to uh these movies again, but uh Evil Dead. Watching those movies, I really fell in love with just like the 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 goriness the creepiness the the camp the comedy of it the camp yeah that stuff all just melded in such a package that made it just so enjoyable and fun to watch um and like in, in life like it became like something like my wife and I was able to bond over when we first met um so yeah I love Evil Dead um nice we all know that Hollywood loves possession films zombie zombies and an occasional slasher. If you were to create a horror film, is there a particular story, genre, theme, or location that you think would be good that isn't typically used? That's a tough one. So I actually, I really think like the Lovecraft stuff isn't used very much. Totally. To great effect. Like there, there's some like, there are movies like a Lovecraft elements so are just like that. The, the fear of like the cosmic, uh, cosmic horror and just like feelings of like dread and stuff. But like in terms of like bringing that stuff more into like, um, a mainstream movie, like, there's not a lot of it. Um, especially in a big budget sense, like, there's not a ton of them, so. Have you seen many Stuart Gordon films? Mm-mm. Okay. He's, I think, does a lot of Lovecraft stuff. Have you ever seen From Beyond? No. Okay, I recommend From Beyond, if you're interested. I thought that was good. He also does Reanimator, which I've never seen, but I know a mm-hmm. lot of people talk about Reanimator being really good. Uh, so there's, like, plenty of stuff that I'd like to see, but uh, From Beyond, I think, is a good 
uh, like Lovecraftian universe film. And then one on my watch list is uh, Color Out of Space. And it's yeah, like a, it's a Nicolas Cage Lovecraftian type ordeal. So I'm wow, looking yeah. forward to that one. But I agree, Lovecraft I mean, is not one that is uh, nailed down as often as it should be. I think it's maybe because like they're they're harder to um hard to do. Like because it's not really about like jump scares or anything like that. It's just more about like the creeping dread and just like it's it's, it's a movie about vibes. I I think like Lovecraft stuff, so I don't know. Maybe that's just way we don't see as much of it. I think the the thought of drowning is terrifying. I was I just about to say water and like water. Yeah, it was that was my answer too. <laughs> Have you ever seen a uh, open water or heard of that? Open water. What is that it? sounds very familiar. It's, it's basically I about I think uh, this these two tourists a uh, couple um are I don't know where they are but they they basically are going to go scuba diving. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. And they they drop the 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 boat drops them off. The tour company drops them off, and they just leave leave them there in the open water, um, just to survive for the next few days. Uh, yeah, it is freaking frightening. Yeah, Caribbeans in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. I that that was I've seen that one before. I don't quite remember if it was any good, but I've seen it. I feel like I would get short of breath watching something like that. Like I would, like right, I'm just right. struggling to breathe. It'd be terrifying. Yeah, I think that uh, I feel like this is going to be a weird answer because I feel like they're overused but underutilized. Maybe is the right way to say it. Um, I don't think there's, and I I will preface this in that I still have not seen several of the most famous ones, but like I feel like zombies had its heyday, and since hasn't really had like a lot of good representation in horror movies. It had a lot back in the day with like the Dawn of the Deads and stuff like that. And then maybe the train to Busan brought it back. Um, but I don't feel like there's been many great zombie films lately. But at the same time, maybe there's not many good monster films like vampire films, werewolf films. Like those don't really like exist uh, in the mainstream eye these yeah. this much anymore. It's because monster movies, monster movies aren't scary. Well, I don't know if I'd go so far to say that, but maybe you're right. I don't know. That's just one that I haven't. Maybe it's just a blind spot for me. But I feel like uh, I feel like nowadays horror movies do definitely try to uh, get scares, right? Um, and I just don't think monster movies are capable of that anymore. And maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I would love to be corrected and say like, "Hey, this." 2015 movie is about vampires and it is terrifying i would love to see that let the right Uh, one in is that a 2008 film about vampires that a lot of people say is really good let the right one in i think i could be wrong but it's on my watch list it really it really seems like a lot of these like recent scary movies are about just like slashers or psychological stuff i think yeah psychological stuff like you look at it follows you look at babadook you look at a lot of these films that i think are are a lot about like trauma and that's yeah that's where we seem to be right now and i don't mind it i think i think they work really well um but i can see that that may be like an oversaturation of that can we uh before we go to the next question i would like to step back to a previous question just really quick um and it's just uh thinking about movies that scared me as a kid uh did you guys ever see final destination yeah that's a pretty yeah. good answer. Final Destination. You ever, Final Destination <laughs> terrified me. You don't drive behind uh, trucks with uh, no. with logs and pipes in them. <laughs> nope. Definitely get over immediately. 
<laughs> yeah, Final Destination is really good because it, you look around and you understand the possibility of what could just kill you in the mundane life. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, quite an effective movie in that oh, way. Oh, a nail gun fell off the shelf at the department store. <laughs> and now I'm dead. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what the heck, man? That's crazy. The glass, the glass pane flattening yeah, somebody. Uh, man, Final Destination, I've not seen, I've probably only seen one or two of those. But yeah, you're right. Those those also like long-term affect you as like, I will, I will get in the left lane anytime there's a truck in front of me that has debris in the yeah. back. Good call. Same, same. How much are we supposed to sympathize or understand monsters and villains in horror movies? So this is um, a question that uh, Prestigian put Pristine, on. In yeah. The, Pristine. Yeah. And it was, it was a very good. This is a very like summarized, uh, Oh yeah, I I bullet pointed it. Yeah, I bullet pointed it. Yeah, but he it's a very good question. I struggled with this question, um, and maybe it's because I look at horror movies like too shallow. Besides Get Out, um, but Get Out is has that social commentary, but you're definitely not sympathizing for the monsters in that movie, right? Uh, It's the it's the opposite. Um, I I guess I've never really sympathized. Maybe maybe the one I can think of is. Uh, the dude from Saw, because he is all about right. how people so don't let's appreciate people. their life. That makes sense. And so, because he has cancer and he's dying, well, he's saying, let's try to make them appreciate the life that they're given. <laughs> um, and that I get. I get. Yeah, I think that I it's kind of answering this question in two parts. For the how much are we supposed to sympathize and understand with the monsters in, in movies, I think it really just depends on the movie. Um, I think there are movies that do a good job and a, a, like a an intentional job of making you sympathize with the monster um but you know i mean you could you could say that you sympathize with jason because he was bullied and not paid attention to and drowned because of it the camp counselors like there's an ounce of sympathy you have to him but at the same time like i'm not being like yeah jason kill those camp counselors that had nothing to do with your death you go boy Get them. Yeah, like, I'm not, I won't go that far. Um, Get them. And I don't have, like, a great answer. We're doing this, you know, kind of last, not last minute, but we didn't prep these questions super long. But, uh, I mean, I do agree in general that uh, genres reflect certain things. And I think they're constantly evolving, too. Um, Like, you have genres like, well, certain movies like It Follows, for example, is a commentary on, like, uh abuse and sexual abuse and assault and stuff like that and uh, you know every a lot of movies have different commentaries that they're trying to make and i I think that there are certain ones that do it well and certain ones that don't but uh i i I don't mind horror movies being meta in that extent like i don't mind if they if they have a deeper ulterior motive as to why this thing is happening other than hey bad guy go stab stab like i think that you can have you can have a little bit of both um and i don't i don't mind the shallow ones nor do i mind the meta ones that are trying to get us to search for something deeper yeah i don't know it's, it's, it's a really hard question to answer because it's almost like look, looking back how do you how do you look back and recognize like the tropes of horror movies and how it reflects the society and looking at movies now it's just, I, have, I have no idea um like what what do, what do horror movies say about um the society now i guess and i yeah that's such a such an interesting 
I think they um, all say different question. things. I don't think I don't think there's like a, you know, I don't think horror movies in the 2020s have said one thing in particular. You know, I think that they're mm-hmm. all saying unique things that typically rise from the director, the writer, a- attempting to infuse their story with a bit of themselves or or an experience they've had in the past or something like that. What's uh What's crazy about horror movies because they they do tend to have like deeper meanings or social commentary, but like yeah. the genre is often thought about as like dumb trash. Yeah, yeah, it's just like cheap movie, kind of in line with like comedies. But I I get it more for comedies. Comedies usually are very surface level, but horror movies, um, they do tend to have like a deeper message if you look for it. Um, and sometimes it's not even that subtle. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. Like it does not get more love during like award season. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I'm remiss that that Oscars or whomever doesn't really pay attention to horror movies. I mentioned that before. It's a bit of a an unfortunate circumstance. I'm a big fan. I love horror movies. Uh, in fact, I'm getting more and more into them. It seems as time goes on, even. Um, but yeah, it is a bit unfortunate they're not recognized by a wider audience, really, or or. or uh, critically recognized by a wider audience. Well, that's a little bit of an unfortunate timing, considering the next question has to do with Midsummer, which Kenny just watched uh, today. <laughs> but uh, Kenny's internet popped out, so it's just Kyle and I for the remaining of the episode. There's about a half dozen questions left, but uh, Kyle, you don't have an answer to this because you've not seen Midsummer. But uh, Pristine also wanted to know: Does Midsummer have a happy ending? I do not think so, um, and that is all I'm going to say on that because I want to answer the question, but I do not want to spoil it any farther. Uh, we've already kind of talked about this, um, but I guess it's it's a little bit different. What is your favorite uh, scary moment in a any movie? I think that there's several that, without like spoiling too bad, uh, there's one in The Descent, there's one in REC that really get to me. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's one like in particular that I keep coming back to that signs one, not because it's the scariest, but because it might be one of my favorites. Like it's not necessarily the scariest thing. I just really like it. Um, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of like, Oh shit moments. Yeah. Uh, in hereditary. Mm, uh Yeah. When, uh, the car scene. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's good. I don't know how scary that is. Agreed. But it definitely like shocking. made me jump. Shocking, yeah. maybe for lack of a better term. Yes, uh, was not expecting that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think Midsummer has a couple of those too. I, mean, I think every movie has a couple. Well, not every movie. I think most good horror movies have a couple moments that at least make you jump. Even Hell House. Uh, again, these are all kind of fresh on the mind. We've seen them rather recently, but Hell House had one moment in particular that I was like, oh. Oh, snap. Like, I literally said, oh, no. Like, I'm sitting here watching it, and I just audibly announce, oh, no, to nobody else. It's just me. Um, but, yeah, there's some... It's, it's, not a, it's not a movie, but uh, the Netflix series The Haunting on Bly Manor, or The Haunting of Bly Manor. Okay, um, you've seen Bly Manor? I've not seen Bly Manor, but I love Hill House. Okay, Bly, I like Bly Manor more. Really? Yeah, I did. Um, Interesting. There's one scene in Bly Manor that like when it happened it just shook me i was like oh it was just so disgusting when really? it happened okay um, yeah, i Bly really great, man. liked hill house now i need to look this guy up real quick while we're uh while we're talking have you seen i this is the only one i've seen is haunting of hill house have you seen um oh crap what is it called dang it now i can't remember what it's called um it is 
Midnight Mass. Have you seen Midnight Mass? I have Mass? not seen Midnight Mass yet. I have not. I, re- I really want to. Yeah, that's another one that I really want to hear. The same guy, Mike Flanagan, is the, the person who did The Haunting of Hill House, Midnight Mass. He did the Doctor Sleep movie, which is on my uh, 31 okay. Days of Horror. He did The Haunting of Bly Manor. And he's got another one coming out this year, which has received rave reviews. It's coming out uh, October 12th. So first episode comes out October 12th. It's called The Fall of the House of Usher. And it's receiving very strong reviews right now. We were just talking about that. I've only seen... Uh, oh, welcome back, Kenny. <laughs> we announced your departure, but you're back. You're only gone for, for a moment. I do want to backtrack to a past question real quick, but I have seen uh, The Haunting of Hill House and loved it. I have not seen Bly Manor yet, or nor have I seen Midnight Mass, which is probably the one I'm most excited about. They're all, they're all very good. I think he's yeah. his movies are his TV show. Sorry, are such. He doesn't seem to miss. Yeah, he doesn't miss. I, he did Hush too. Have you Have you all seen Hush? Oh, yeah, I've seen Hush. Yeah, yeah, Hush is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, the thing about oh, sorry, Kenny. I no, I, I, no, no sorry. Good. Hey, he left. Uh, I will say <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> One thing about like the haunting at Hill House and Bly Manor, which I both loved, uh, I kind of went in with some trepidation because like I used to watch American Horror Story, and I think mm, American Horror Story yeah. got bad. Fell off, and I was like, I just don't. I was like, I just don't know if a TV show can do this, and I was just like shocked. I was like, this is what I wanted from American Horror Story. This is perfect horror TV, and American Horror Story is just like strictly shock value, um, and. They don't, I, I do not think they have very much substance, especially the newer seasons. I liked some of the earlier seasons like, uh, Coven and, uh, Murder House. Murder House was good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nowadays I, I, I think they're just kind of, uh, they're missing the plot. Uh, but then like Bly Manor and, uh, Hill House were excellent, excellent shows. They, this have such a good emotional core. Um, and the, yeah, it's just, it's just, they just hit really hard in certain spots. Yeah. I remember loving Hill House. I do need to see Bly Manor and Midnight Mass and now the fall of the House of Usher. But uh, backtracking briefly, Kenny, so you can answer a couple of questions. Uh, Christine also wanted to know, and it was funny that you dropped off right before this question. Do you think Midsummer has a happy ending? Oh, man. <laughs> My answer was no. No. And I don't, want don't you to, I don't want you to get into it. I don't want you to get into yeah. it. I just want a yes or no question for the most part. I, I kind of say yeah. In a way, yes. In a really? way, yeah. Okay. <sighs> no need to watch this. It's like, good, man. It's <laughs> good. It's really good. Interesting. It's okay. like it's like yes and in then, a way, but also no. You know what I mean? It's. I, I could I could agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I think my answer is no, but kind of yes. Kinda but yes. I'm still I'm hold I'm sticking to no. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of already that's what we were elaborating on when we started talking about Mike Flanning and stuff. But what is your favorite? scary moment in a movie we talked about the one in signs i talked about there's a couple really good ones in rec and the the descent of course the strangers when the dude is behind her in the house and she just doesn't realize it like oh gosh i think it's so many good moments but i think as i went earlier is that moment in paranormal activity the kitchen scene messed me up (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) that's so funny what's the your favorite scary scene remember when the cabinets opened (laughs) <laughs> that got me good <laughs> without the proper context that sounds I took terrible. all the doors off my cabinet <laughs> they're just <laughs> open covered can you imagine picking up all those utensils off the ground oh my god 
You that would, would be you a would nightmare, just you, right? I just leave the house, burn it down. <laughs> this is not my house no more. But oh, you know, okay, man. but you know what makes that scene effective is that that movie because it, it happened in broad daylight for one. Um, yeah, but also it just made us made it feel like you cannot be safe in this home anymore. Like even your home right. is against you. You know, um, right. so I think that's what made that scene so good. Uh, what horror movie have you not seen that you're dying to see? I have so many answers for this. <laughs> Man, I feel like I have a lot too. I'll I'll pare it down to three, uh, and I'll just quickly run over them. Uh, Ghost Watch, which is on our watch list, super excited to see Ghost Watch. Um, the Wailing, very excited to see The Wailing, which I've already mentioned that as well. And uh, for the third one, I don't know, maybe Carrie, Hellraiser, Gone GM, Haunted Asylum. I don't know. So there's I, there's so many, so many right now. I'm trying to catch up on horror movies. <laughs> I, I think one, one I'm really interested in seeing is No One Will Save You. That we, we talked about earlier, but yeah, that looks mm-hmm. really, really up my alley. So I'm interested. Uh, I think for me, uh, it's one that's on our list. I think The Ring has to be up there. Um, yeah, dude. But I'm also going to go with uh, Talk To Me. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Talk To Me's great. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Talk To Me, too. You're absolutely right. Uh, have any non-horror movie ever scared you before? Uh, this person says they had a panic attack the second time they saw Vanilla Sky. They knew what it was about, but it just hit right, that viewing. Huh. I want to know what they're talking about, because I just watched Vanilla Sky uh, not too long really? ago. Really? I don't know that I've ever seen and Vanilla I'm Sky. Is that the one with the... What... That's not the one with the uh, old boy... Uh, who's it? It's Tom Cruise. Okay, yeah, not the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of the baseball movie with uh, Zac Efron. Something like that. What? What? <laughs> High School Musical? No, no. He's in some movie, isn't he? In some some movie about a baseball. Yeah, he's in some movie. It, like his didn't his like brother die? Oh, Charlie St. Cloud. Oh, never seen it. See, Cloud and Sky. They got me all. They got me all twisted up. <laughs> Um, so I think from movie for me is um No Country for Old Men. That movie is like oh, is oh, like, but that could be a horror movie. I mean, I wouldn't call it a horror movie, but it, it's just it is scary in a way that's just like because it's so unsettling. I think, uh, like I think just Cormac McCarthy, who's like the author of I think No Country for Old Men, and also did The Road. That I never saw The Road because the book messed me up so much. But he's always, he's still very good at just creating these bleak worlds that just are just deeply affecting. Um, so that, that, that probably be it for me. I think my answer is some people may say this is a horror movie. I don't think it is, uh, but there are really two scenes, one in particular in parasite that is uh, deeply unsettling. And I, though I don't think that is a horror movie. I definitely think that there's moments in that movie that one moment in particular that scared me the first time I saw it for sure. What scene? Uh, cake is cake oh. is cake a fair enough yeah, answer? Yeah, yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Okay, yeah, you, that you, that would you don't be... see the cake coming. It just happens. You're like, wow, I'm all right. It just ha- I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens. Speaking of, my dad just watched Parasite, and I don't want to spoil. Well, no, never mind. I can't even talk about it without spoiling things. Don't even worry about it. Um, do you believe in ghosts and spirits? If so, have you had an experience that made you believe in them? Kyle, you okay, said you had an so, interesting answer for this one. I would like to hear yours first. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So 
to preface there, and hopefully I don't go too long-winded here. I, I grew up in the country. I lived... Um, the my United house States of on- America, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, that country. Uh, I lived on five acres of land uh, off a dirt road um, with cornfields on one side of the dirt road, and then I had four neighbors. So, like, we were out in the open, no street lights, nothing like that. It's exactly where Danielle wants to live. Yeah, of course, okay? of course. That exact place. No neighbors. Uh, and me living there is why I want to live in the city, actually, or why I've chosen to live in a suburb. Um, I'll start by saying, no, I do not believe in ghosts or spirits or, or, or anything of the such, but I will not, uh, lie to you that when I was home alone ever at, in that house, I was terrified. Uh, yeah. like when I would come home at like midnight or 1am and my parents were out of town, I was scared. Now, a lot of people that have been in my house have said they've seen ghosts. That includes my mom, my ex-brother-in-law. My cousin and my best friend have all had different accounts of the house seeing that you're in currently. In no, no, no. My my okay. the house I grew up in. I was say I didn't see any so, ghosts. <laughs> yeah. So I think the most uh, the most unsettling one. Oh, there are two. The most unsettling one was Christmas Eve, uh, where uh, we were sleeping, obviously sleeping, and my brother-in-law got up to use the bathroom, and he walked past to go to the bathroom, and he went past our flight of stairs. And he saw something walk by the bottom of the steps and whisper, they're up. What the <laughs> fuck? No, thank when you. he told us that, I was like, what the heck? And then the one, the besides that, the one that scared me the most, because this is one that I semi-witnessed, was I was up late with my friend who was living with us at the time. And uh, we were up playing Madden. Uh, we didn't have like the volume nice. on or anything because my parents were sleeping in the other room. Yeah, Madden's great. Or it was. I don't yeah, play anymore. It was. Uh, but we were playing Madden and we just hear footsteps on the kitchen floor. And we didn't say anything to each other. It was kind of one of those things where like you hear something and you just like immediately look back. And we look like synchronized swimmers when we look back because we just heard those sounds. And like because we thought like my mom or dad was awake. Uh, and then like, we didn't see anything. And then we asked my parents, like, did you guys get up to get like a snack in the middle of the night? And they, and they both said no. So that's just like another one of those things where it's like, we definitely heard somebody walking in my kitchen and we were the only four people in the house and two people said they weren't awake and the other two were playing video games. Even just talking about this, like legitimately gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, I'm just like, oh man, no, that's crazy. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I... I struggle with with the first part of this answer. I've not I've not had an experience that makes me believe in ghosts, but part of me still does. I don't I don't really know. I've never had an experience that that says I should, but part of me still and not holds out hope. I don't mean it like that. Like that's a weird thing. I hold out hope that ghosts exist, but like part of me just thinks they do. I don't know. I don't have a good answer. Uh, I've also never had a personal experience with it, but. I also try to approach life with humility, knowing that I don't know everything. So, um, I ghosts, ghosts, I think could possibly be very real. Just, you know, you uh, know. this is very weird. I would have never I'm said that, that Kenny approaches life with humility. Hmm? <laughs> He's usually very judgmental. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know anyway, what I mean? Like, it's humble. It's not Kenny. But you know what I mean? Like, you, like, <laughs> I think sometimes people pretend like to know everything, but like you can't fucking know everything, right? right? Um, but I will say Amber uh, is loves this stuff. Like 
we we've watched every season of Ghost Hunters. We've watched um all those reality TV shows about ghost hunting and stuff. And she's mm-hmm. she's she, she's testing it, trying to try to bring these ghosts back home. She's gone to uh, Waverly Asylum a few times now. Um, she's trying to bring them back. Yeah. Home. <laughs> so you know, there's there's a chance. I'll let you know if we. Uh, and she, I mean, she, she has some crazy experiences that way, Waverly too. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like this might be a more interesting question. Um, do you believe in aliens? I, I yeah, I, I I feel like okay. I feel like it's almost what statistically impossible for us, like to not like for life not to be out in the universe. But I it's also just Kenny. like, is it is it is probably also impossible that we're knowing the vastness of space and time and all that, like that we're uh, both alive at the same Never time. Contact them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think oh, okay. just yeah, or, or just like because like I mean like there could could have been, but it had been like an eternity ago that we. That is just that that and the idea. So you believe in aliens, but you don't believe that we exist in the same time as them, or just the the possibility of contact is very remote. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, the idea that aliens care about what we're doing is such a human like nature of yeah. like uh, like we're the center of the universe. They don't give two craps about us if if they do exist. And I I probably I agree with Kenny like mathematically. You just have to imagine there are aliens out there, but to think that they care enough about us to ever invade us is just such a well, joke. I, hubris on us. I think that you can say that, but I mean, you can also look at humans. We are already attempting to colonize on the moon and Mars and stuff like that. So because it's not like yeah, the same hubris. We just think we're we're the shit. Yeah, These but I mean, aliens, aliens like, could br- not want anything to do with us, but just find us somehow if they're i'm i'm not even like saying this is a thing i'm just arguing against the i i agree that a lot of people are probably like oh aliens are going to contact us yeah because we're americans or something stupid but like i do think that there's a possibility that aliens contact us not because we're the center of the universe just because it happens but i mean i would agree i think that i think that aliens do exist but we probably will never know for sure yeah what horror movies or shows would you like to see turned into a board game, whether heavily inspired by or straight usage of the IP? I feel like a lot of them have gun games, right? You know, I would kind of like to see um, Final Destination. I would kind of like to see a movie based or a game based off The Strangers. And I don't necessarily mean it has to be straight ripped, but I would like to see a game where evil outnumbers good and like you have because I, I can't think of anything normally in it's like one verse mini games where evil is the one and the good are the many and i can't think of many where or any rather where evil is outnumbering the good and like trying to invade them something like that i don't know how it would work but i just think that'd be an interesting theme it doesn't even have to be strangers themed i just mean I don't know. Home invasion. Yeah, we don't have to design it. We already did the game design it. <laughs> yeah. We've already we've already pitched our stuff. But like think of like a home invasion, like tower defense esque game, but where there's like <laughs> several people like trying to no, enter like into your home and you only have like one or maybe two people trying to defend it. I think at that point like you just cool. make a home home alone board game. <laughs> yes. All right. Now Kenny, I'm Max is out, Kenny's in. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Um, I'd love to see an Army Darkness board game. Ooh, that'd be good. I've never even seen the movie, but that'd be good. Uh, Army Darkness is 
operates on a scale much bigger than the other movies. And it's kind of like almost like a medieval battle. Um, that would be pretty fun, you know? Give me some plastic cool. miniatures of that. I'd love that. We don't have enough zombie games. Maybe something like based on The Walking Dead, you know? Yeah, yeah dude. dude. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would sell. I was going to say The Descent, but I guess that's kind of just Clank. I mean, <laughs> that's a good game. Good design. Ter- terrifying <laughs> Clank, yeah. Yeah, terrifying Clank. Yeah. I would like to see a good... I don't. I guess this is technically horror, but I'd like to see a good Godzilla game. I don't know. I think that'd be a good a good theme to paste onto a board game. It could also I be Eldritch Horror Tokyo or something like that. No, no, not that. Not King of Tokyo. No, I don't want it's monsters be- on monsters. I want a one versus mini game where there is a monster. You're stuck on this. Get off the one versus many. Bro, we're talking horror here. That's like the easiest <laughs> thing to do for horror games is one versus mini or cooperative. Yeah, if we were there. We yeah, really that's true too. Here. Listen, I I think that'd be a good one. I think that'd be a good one. Uh, and final question of the entire podcast: What horror board games would you like to have a show or a movie about? So it's the flip flop of the above. I feel like most horror board games are already like I would love to see a Nemesis movie. That would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't exist. I know it definitely doesn't <laughs> um, exist. I would go with Vagrant Song. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I would go for Bloody really? Inn. I think. A bloody oh, again. that's yeah. a great pick. Yeah, Bloody End would be cool. That would be awesome with Tim Curry in it. Dude, Tim Curry from 1985. Yes, Tim, Not Curry. Now. <laughs> Tim Curry, let's go. My boy, I love Tim Curry so much. I think I just picked that because of Clue and because he was the bellhop guy at, on Home Alone 2. So he has like hotel experience. He was in Home Alone 2? Yeah, man. Well, now I have to watch Home Alone 2. I love Tim You've Curry. You've never seen it? No, I've only seen Home Alone 1, Kyle. Oh man! I thought his internet broke. Yeah, for a moment. <laughs> you're in, you're you're in for such a treat come Christmas time. <laughs> uh, is that going to be on your list? What a delightful treat! Now that you're going to pick Home Alone two. and Home Alone Two, and I'll no, pick no, no, no. Black Christmas pick... and Krampus. <laughs> oh, I like Krampus. I will pick movies that you guys have not seen. Uh, somebody has not seen Home Alone Two. It's going on the list. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think Bloody End would be a solid one. Uh, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. I think Dead by Daylight could make a cool movie, perhaps, but it has to be like episodic or something. I don't, I don't anthology related. I don't quite know how it would work in and of itself. Yeah, it'd be the dead horse, but I think like the fantasy flight Arkhamverse would be very cool to see, like in a TV God, show. Will you or shut up I about Arkham. No, I agree. I agree, <laughs> but uh, I, I do think like there's, there's, because I think like the the fantasy flight version of Lovecraft. Their take on Lovecraft is, I think, cool and unique. God, as, and, as long as yeah. it's better than Lovecraft Country, Jesus. I heard that was good. You didn't. I like Love. I like Lovecraft Country. No, I know Kenny liked it, and I did not. Yeah. Oh, okay, I've never seen it, but I heard good things. All right, that wraps up our first inaugural horror month board game box office episode. We're gonna be talking horror for all of October. Let us know if you have any ideas because we still need some. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> We're looking forward to uh, watching these movies together. And of course, if you're in the Discord and you want to participate, or if you're not in the Discord and you want to participate, just so you can listen in, uh, there are links in our Discord. And I'll I'll try and put the letterbox links also in the show notes below in case you're not on our Discord, where you can find our uh, board game watch list. Of course, we've also just talked about it throughout the course of this episode. So. We'll definitely come back at the end of October and share our feelings on all 10 of those movies as well as rank them. 
And uh, in the meantime, we'll get some other horror-themed episodes up for you. And I hope you have a wonderful spooky month. We'll see you next week on Boarding Box Office. Let's get out of here. <coughs> Scary, spooky. That was that was Kenny's exit. Was spooky. the cough? No, I, I, I'm not gonna say bye. Cal's got the thing. He just he closes out. You know, he he speaks for me too. <laughs>